New York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartan. McCartan before midnight. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2 a.m. on this Saturday evening here in New York City and beyond. Whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into my show right now and throughout the rest of the late night slash early morning, whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFAN.com or on that free Odyssey app. And of course, we're here in the Big Apple. Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts slash Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. Uh, let's see how many calls we can get in before we have to go to uh, Tim Healy. Not have to. Before we would love to go to our guest, Tim Healy, at 11 p.m. He's calling in live. He's staying up late. So, Tim, if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So without any further ado, I mean, they're coming on off the off the Nets game, coming off an exciting win in Indiana against the Pacers, might have been their best win of the season, ironically, without the Stars and with only nine guys wearing a uniform. And Cam Thomas, probably, you know, when hockey does three stars, I would say Cam Thomas is star number one. Well, I guess they do it in reverse order, but Cam Thomas, the, the best player of the night, career high, 33 points. He was 8 of 11 in the fourth quarter. 8 of 11 in the fourth quarter when it mattered. <laughs> and, of course, it was a close game. Patty Mills added 24 points, and uh, the Nets won. Their top seven scorers were sitting on the bench in tonight's win. Final score, 136-133. Uh, they had, you know, the Nets had 72 points in the paint. To Indiana's, I think it was 48. The most, you just heard uh, the, the post-game show say it, Tim Capstraw and, and Chris Carino, they, the, the Nets had the most offensive rebounds since 1998. 29 offensive rebounds. And I was thinking, 1998? I was in fourth grade. The Nets had the most offensive rebounds since I was in fourth grade. I I, I can't believe that. And, and in general, they out-rebounded the Pacers 59-30. to 30. You know, the Nets are finally starting to figure out the importance of rebounding. Kevin Durant was even talking about it after the last postgame. It's, it's something, or after the last game, in the postgame. It's something that they just haven't done. And, and what was he saying of not being able to win with those guys? Hmm. Anyway, Cam Thomas... Very happy for him. He got an opportunity. He ran with it. Good for him. And sometimes in any field, in any job, people just need a a, a good opportunity to prove their worth. And good for him for running with his tonight. And then before I open with Hot Stove Baseball, I'll do the hard open here with hard, Hot Stove Baseball, I just wanted to take a few seconds to acknowledge that Sudden, that tragic passing of Princeton University graduate Grant Wall, who was a highly regarded soccer and basketball journalist. And, you know, I never really know what to say here about people that I've never met. But all last night, I was kind of sucked into all, you know, late last night, all the tributes on social media. And I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was just reading, you know, tributes from those who did know him. And they're moving. They they all describe the same person, a hardworking guy, a champion for everybody, and someone who just makes everyone around him better. And, um, you know, I just hope that um, an autopsy is performed here in the United States of America 
And, and I pray that his family finds peace because that, that's, that's such a tragic, tragic story coming out of Qatar. Always in, uh, a rough transition here. But as we sit right now with tomorrow not promised to anyone, opening day baseball is exactly 110 days away. And the hot stove around here is boiling hot. The Yankees, you know, their most notable transactions. It's like a math equation here. Plus Aaron Judge plus Anthony Rizzo, plus Tommy Canley, minus Jameson Tyone. The Mets, most notably in actual transactions, well, they found Nimmo, plus Nimmo, plus Robertson, minus DeGrom, plus Verlander, minus Taewon Walker, plus Jose Quintana. And don't forget about the plus Edwin Diaz almost exactly a month ago. It feels so long ago, right? So the essential questions around here are... A, are the New York Yankees and the New York Mets better right now, right now on December 10th, than they were last season? And B, you should never be satisfied, by the way, but B, what work still needs to be done in the construction of both of those teams? Well, we'll take the Mets first. I posted a poll at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter uh, just, just a few hours ago asking if right now the Mets are better than they were last year. 54% of voters said yes, the Mets are better right now than they were last year. And I know that Geo called them, the word he used was marginally better, which I don't all the way agree with. I think they're better than marginally better, but just barely. They, the Mets are far, far from complete. And then you look at the team. Okay, they're better because Jacob DeGrom barely pitched last season. And the best ability is availability, Right? feel like a Joe Judge there or a Ted Lasso. I love on the broadcast of the net game, they referenced Ted Lasso. I love that. It made me laugh. But you'd have to think that even at that age, Verlander gives you more starts than DeGrom in, a, in, a, in the course of a season. And he's probably just under a healthy DeGrom in terms of talent level, which is fine because when he is on, DeGrom is still the best pitcher in baseball, no matter where he's pitching. So can two... Of the oldest players in the game, Verlander and Scherzer, stay on the mound for the whole season. It's a big gamble, and there's no way to see into the future. There's just no way. So if you're going to call up and say yes or no, well, then I'd like to know where your crystal ball is, and I'd like to know the next six numbers in the Mega Millions drawing. Then the argument could be, well, they're even. The Mets are kind of sort of even. They've traded out DeGrom. They got Verlander in, in his place. You know, Walker, Quintana... Diaz is the same. Brandon Nimmo is the same. Uh, Diaz, the best closer in the game, of course. Brandon Nimmo, who is one of the best center fielders in the game. Don't at me. Just go ahead and look at the numbers. I have screenshots if you need. Um, and, and then the argument of, of they're not better could be, well, they are still weak at third base. They still don't have a real designated hitter. And Tiki Barber said, he said, kudos to getting Nimmo and Verlander, but they need power. And if they don't spend the money to get the power, it's going to feel disappointing even if they are better. Right. So what's next for the Mets? Well, if you already blown by all the luxury tax stop signs, then why not just keep the pedal to the metal? One, Carlos Correa said he'd only play third base to Francisco Lindor shortstop. Otherwise, the guy's a shortstop. So, hey, the Mets have a glaring need for a third baseman. Because I, I looked today at the depth chart, just to be really sure, 
Luis Guillorme is listed as their top third baseman on the depth chart right now. Tell me who you'd rather have as your starting third baseman, Carlos Correa or Luis Guillorme? Guillorme's a great utility glove. That's it. So why not Correa too? You've already blown past all the luxury tax stop signs. Keep the pedal to the metal at this point. Or is it that the Yankees are all in on Correa? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Number two. This probably should be number one. The Mets need, as I said last week, a big bat. There's no actual way that they are really going to run it back with uh, internal options at DH, are they? And that was a huge deficiency, especially after the trade deadline last season, which was mystifying to me. Even at the time, on the record. And three... Okay, well, if the Mets are looking for another starting pitcher, which they probably should, I studied 10 of them. I had you know nine metrics. I have a, I'm looking at a chart that I made right now. Every, when I post this, everybody makes fun of my graphics. I don't care. It's a table made in Google Docs. I looked at nine metrics plus their market values. And of the remaining you know top-tier starting pitching still out there, I picked 10 of them, Kodai Senga is the one for me. Based on what I've studied about him, he is virtually unhittable in Japan. And of course, there's always the question mark of what he would do here and how the game translate. But if it's not him, I don't know. I'm looking at this list. I'm like, I guess you try to coax Chris Bassett back. Ross Stripling, not the right answer. Nathan Ivaldi, really not the right answer. Rodon, out of the price market of the Mets. You know, I, I know that there's no ceiling, but... Rodon would be ridiculous. That's kind of really it. So we look at the Yankees, and I put the same exact poll up at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter a few hours ago asking, are the Yankees better right now than they were last year? Do you know 92% of the voters said no. The Yankees, as they are currently constructed, are not better than they were last year. I agree. Yes, Aaron Judge is back. Yes, the Yankees needed him to be back for a multitude of different reasons. Was the deal too long? Probably. Was it a ton of money? Yes. You don't think the Yankees already know that? And then you got, yes, Anthony Rizzo is back. That was important. But then a big fat question mark surrounding DJ LeMayhew. What is he going to be? What's up with his toe? How many games can he play next season? Will surgery happen? Is it still on the table? There are lots of unanswered questions with him, and and that makes that renders the surplus of infielders, middle infielders, not so surplusy if you ask me. So you know, I would wait and see about Lemayhu first. And remember, his best defensive position is at second base. You know, and then you got Tommy Canley. He hopes to bolster a bullpen that was wiped out with injuries uh, late in the season. Jameson Tyone found greener pastures, apparently. And to me, you know, question B, you know, what is on the list of needs for the Yankees? Well, first of all, the list of needs for the Yankees, I think, is more urgent than the list of needs for the Mets, which is crazy because the Yankees are coming off a season where they appeared in the ALCS. I mean, one, who's playing left field for you? I mean, you know that Brian Reynolds has requested a trade from, from Pittsburgh, but the Pirates say that they have no plans to move him. Forget about him. If you're the Yankees and you're looking to spend less money and move a surplus of those assets, that's the answer. Or 
The better answer is to spend money, just money, on a reunion with Andrew Benintendi. He is a better player than Reynolds at the moment. And 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 the Yankees, they're looking to win now, right? You cannot have Oswaldo Cabrera out there on a daily basis. Stanton really should be out there, but you know how that goes. And, and number two, if, if you're looking to maybe improve the Yankees starting pitching, forget about Rodon, especially for the deal he's looking for. People say around here, Jacob DeGrom is injury prone. Rodon is a mirror image. A sprained wrist in 2016. Biceps bursitis in 2017. Shoulder information when he returned in 2017, which bled into the 2018 season. Then Tommy John surgery ended his 2019 season after just seven starts. Since then... Since he's been back, an elbow, a hand, a shoulder, two illnesses. I mean, can this guy take the heat of New York? I don't think so. It's not worth it. If the Yankees are looking for starting pitching, then, you know, working within the tax parameters, maybe they should be looking for, like, a a lesser guy, lesser expensive guy, like Chris Bassett. I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's already proven that he can play and win in New York. And why not? Get on the phone with Kodai Senga, especially since he's been very strongly linked to the Red Sox. Now, getting back to Carlos Correa, would he play third base in a Yankee uniform? Probably not. But that would be a great scenario for the Yankees, who could hopefully eat some cash and part ways with Josh Donaldson. And while you're at it, do the same with with Aaron Hicks. And here's the other thing. Buster only said on a radio show in uh, the Bay Area, California, he said that the Yankees are, quote, working on something Big. Well, here that leads me to point three. I say what you do with your surplus of middle infielders is is nail down something big. Oh, how about a real-life closing pitcher? You know, Clay Holmes looked to be the guy early in the season, yet he, he lost it halfway through, never really regained it. Imagine this. Clay Holmes as your eighth-inning setup man or even seventh-and-eighth-inning setup man to a real closer. And, and he did a fine enough job filling the role, but with him as a setup man, the Yankees would be playing like seven inning games all season long. I mean, the Red Sox just signed Kenley Jansen, who saved the second most games in the league last season. That was a good signing. So is trading for the closer the big thing that the Yankees are working on? I mean, I would love to have Daniel Bard of the Rockies. He would be he would be great. But they just extended him in July. So I don't know. I'm just throwing the, the the idea out there into the ether. And of course, and finally, number four, the Yankees have to figure out who's going to play the most important position on the field. And I recognize my bias here, of course. Shortstop. I laughed out loud when I saw that they re-signed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa three weeks ago. Who they benched in the postseason, mind you. Don't forget that. What are they doing Peraza played fine when he was thrown in in a place of of a high-pressure situation instead of uh, IKF. Give Peraza a whole season to improve at the major league level, and he'll be fine. Got Josh Donaldson at third. I I can't do it. He was a good fielder. He has a good arm. But at the plate, he looked lost. He looked washed. and 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 he didn't make any adjustments. So let me channel my inner Ariana Grande here and say, Thank you. Next, uh, on last year's left side of the infield. Get rid of them all. Done. Clean it out. Start over. So I agree with you that the Yankees at this moment in time are not, you know, 
better than they were last year. Kind of same status quo, really. Then, of course, Aaron Judge, Brandon Nemo in Italian, Nemo in English. Two home run guys on their respective teams. Of course, this past week, week inked some big deals since the last time you and I have talked. They are both in line for captainship on their respective teams. Yes, I would think so. If you're asking me, Danielle McCartan, I would say absolutely. Captain Judge, Captain Nimmo. We'll explore that. We'll get your reactions to the flurry of activity that both of our New York teams have made this past week at 877-337-6666. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you till 2, we've got Tim Healy from the Mets Beat calling us at uh, on the hotline there at 11 p.m. So we will uh, we'll get right to it. Let me see if I can bang some of these calls out right here. Big night for the Nets. Big week for the Mets. Big week for the Yankees. And two tough tasks for the Jets and the Giants tomorrow. Lots to do tonight. Lots to get to. Let's get right to it to our leadoff caller, Kevin in Camden. You're up on the fan, Kevin. What's up, Coach? How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I want to tell you about the Mets. Um, I would not have have signed Verlander. I mean, I know obviously he's a Met now. I would have traded for a pitcher because the age, but you know, it's, I guess you gotta, I'm, I'm accepting it, and I'm hoping for the best, but uh, at least he wants to be in New York. I, right. Unlike uh, Jacob deGrom, who I didn't see the press conference until today, but wow, what a uh, – he was just disrespectful. It's a nice way to put it. I just I, – you know what? You want to go to Texas? You feel like they got a vision? Good luck and uh, good riddance, I guess, because – you don't want to be here? Bye. He's drinking the Kool-Aid down there in Texas. He definitely is. I, 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 I all, all the power to him. But I love the David Robertson side. I have to say that. Oh, yeah. I wanted I wanted him at the deadline last year. I was like, you know what? This is the guy. That, and they should have gotten him. And then, But now they got him. They have to still address the bullpen, I think. And I definitely think they should get Senga and yes. more bullpen help. And then and the bat would be nice, too. So that's my that's my to do list. Yep. And um that's you know, as far as the that's for the Mets. But the um the Yankees, I'll say the judge, you need to bring them back, good. And Yankees definitely need some more pitching and they need some they need a lot more than the Mets do. But uh you know, that's pretty much how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really happy to be back and I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. Good call there. Uh, Senga has to be number one. Senga is number one. I mean, all the metrics that I studied there, he is the number one pitcher, I think, remaining on the market there. So if you are the Yankees or the Mets, Senga should be your number one. And, and, And I think the Mets are in a better position to land him because they've already blown past all the stop signs of the luxury tax. The Yankees have not. The Mets have. So why not just... Really do it. Just really go for it. You got a rich enough owner for it. Oliver in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. You're up on the fan, Oliver. Are you there? Oh, man. Oliver, I don't know what happened, man. We want to talk about the Nets and how the Nets sat seven of their, I don't know if this is what he wanted to say, but the Nets sat seven of their highest scorers in the game tonight against the Pacers, and they won. 
ironically, they won. There was effort on the court. There was guys chasing down loose balls, diving on the floor. Something that, you know, you don't all the time see when you've got the Kevin Durant's on there and the and the Kyrie Irvings. Blah, blah, blah. All right, so uh, we have Tim Healy. Tim Healy of Newsday Sports. And a great friend of the show as well. He joins us live on the hotline next here on The Fan. Argue about it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City and a great friend of the show, Mets beat reporter for Newsday Sports, Tim Healy is joining us live right now. Tim is fresh off the plane from the winter meetings in San Diego and I know your sleep schedule is a little screwed up here and we were a little later than normal. So thank you, Tim, for being a little bit flexible tonight. Appreciate it. Happy to. Thank you very much for having me. All right. So I think we should get right down to it. Um, At this point in time, Tim, we were just talking as the roster is currently constructed, and I know there's more room, but as it's currently constructed and the way that they seem to be going, are the Mets a better team right now than they were last year? That is a great question, and I've thought about it honestly a lot in the last 24 to 48 hours after Brandon Nimmo resigned, mm-hmm. and the answer is no, because <laughs> they still have more work to do. You think about the additions and the signings they've made so far, they pretty much replace one-for-one other players. Right. Verlander replaces DeGrom. Quintana replaces Taiwan Walker. Yep. Robertson for Adovino. Diaz and Nemo are back replacing themselves. So there are still more players who need to be replaced. Chris Bassett, for example, is a big one. He leaves a pretty big hole. Mm-hmm. A couple other relievers like Seth Lugo. Mm-hmm. So are the 2023 Mets better than the 2022 Mets? As of this moment, no. Right. Fortunately for them, it's uh, you know early to mid December. Right, exactly. So, but you know, obviously, you look around the division. Most notably, Trey Turner to the Phillies. I mean, what about the in division opponents? Are, are are they better? Do they seem to be have gotten better? The Phillies do look like they've gotten better, and maybe some of that is because we saw them get hot in October and go to the World Series. But let's be honest, Trey Turner, for as annoying as he is going to be to Mets fans for the next many years is an electric player. He's very good. He makes a good Phillies lineup even better. They added Taiwan Walker, who got a lot of money, <laughs> but he's going to help make that rotation better because that rotation was in rough shape for a lot of last year. Um, the Braves haven't really done anything. We'll see what happens with Swanson there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the team I'm curious about, because they might be a little good one of these years, is the Marlins, who have a ton of pitching and very little hitting. So uh, they might be able to make things a little interesting if they can get a bat or two. To this point in the hot stove season, what has been, when you look at all the Mets transactions, you know, addition or subtraction, what has been the biggest transaction or change on this Mets team? The biggest individual transaction I would say is Brandon Nimmo. Mm -hmm. I was of the opinion coming into the off season that he was their most important free agent, more important than Edwin Diaz, more important than Jacob deGrom, because not, not only because of how good Nimmo is offensively, defensively, 
at the top of a lineup as a culture guy in the clubhouse. But if you failed to bring back Brandon Nemo, the other options were slim pickings with apologies to Cody Bellinger and Kevin Kiermeyer and right. anybody else that they might have been able to get via trade to play center field. There weren't any other Brandon Nimmo's. So the Mets, credit to them for realizing what they had to do and doing what they had to do and bringing back Nimmo. You know, he uh, he's my favorite Met. It's not even close. But how close was it really for him to not be a Met? You saw the, the, the Rockies jumping in there. Do you, how close was it really? Uh, it's hard to say at this point. I, I saw somewhere that the Giants had made an offer. Um, so it it is hard to tell. I don't know, to be honest. But what's interesting to me is I, I learned during the winter meetings that the Mets were not going to be afforded the last chance to match an, another offer sort that. of situation. Yep. Yes, yes. So that is just how Scott Boris operates, uh, you know, standard for his clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the night before Nimmo signed, Xander Bogart's another Boris client, up and left the, his longtime team, the Red Sox, mm-hmm. for a very long contract with the Padres. So part of me does wonder if the Mets and Steve Cohen saw that, saw a face of the franchise leave his team and say, hey, let's go the extra year on Nimmo or maybe extra two years on Nimmo and just get this done now mm-hmm. and not let it get out of hand. Fill in the blank here. We're talking about Tim Healy from Newsday on the fan. Um, fill in the blank. Nimmo is a top blank per center, you know, uh, center fielder in, in the game right now? That's a good question. Um, you know, if you went by wins above replacement as just one measure, mm-hmm. then based on 2022, he'd be a top three or four center fielder in all of baseball. So I don't know what percent that is, top, uh, top 10%, top 15%. So really good player. My vote is yes. Be, be upfront with you. My vote is yes, Tim. Will Brandon Nimmo be the next Mets captain, or should he be? I am less certain of that, mm. in part because just I guess in, in in baseball, captains are not a necessary thing. Really, it's a little bit different in New York because you have the Yankees, and there's so much history there, and so much speculation right now about Aaron Judge specifically, but in in Mets history, there isn't, you know, some super impressive history of captains. David Wright, of course, mm-hmm. was the face of the franchise and the captain for a generation. Um, Keith Hernandez, John Franco, some of these other guys who have been captains, but it, it's not like it's some necessary thing. Uh, re- with regards to this Mets team and the leaders on it, I think a lot of people look to Max Scherzer, but he, naturally he's, he is not going to be the captain because he's only been around for a year. There's Francisco Endor, who's going to be, who is under contract forever. Pete Alonzo, who has become a leader in that clubhouse. So, you know, I, I think of the captain as the undisputed leader of a team. Mm-hmm. And nothing against Nimmo, who, who is a leader and is a very important player, but I just don't think he's that obvious number one. And, and in the in in captain situation in baseball, you shouldn't force it just for the sake of having a captain. Correct. Mets beat reporter from Newsday, Tim Healy, joins us live right now on the fan. Tim, we'll go back to the pitching. How open, based on your knowledge, how open were the Mets to going above their initial three-year offer to DeGrom? I think they 
probably would have, but the Mets were never going to come close to five years and $185 million. And that is a, a wise decision. I, I would say that the DeGrom saga and free agency played out about the way I expected it to. Um, with the caveat that I, I didn't think anybody would go where the Rangers would go. But what I thought would happen is that some team, and it only takes one team, would come in with an offer to the Grom, higher than everybody else, blow him away, and that's all it would take for him to leave. And that's pretty much what happened. So even if the Mets did raise their initial offer or were afforded the chance to raise their initial offer, I don't think it would have mattered because they weren't coming close to Texas. Yeah, and why didn't he – Why? Did DeGrom not give the Mets a chance to even match it, to just try to match it? Well, I, only DeGrom can answer that, I think. But I did not, I've never gotten the sense that he was particularly interested in being a career Met or re-upping this offseason or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Re- read into it what you will, I suppose, that uh, the communication seemed to dwindle near the end of his free agency. Interesting. All right, then you, then you look, they pivoted to Justin Verlander, 40 years old when the season starts, two years, $86.7 million. I mean, a panic button reaction to DeGrom leaving or no? Not a panic button, no. I think, like I said, with DeGrom, how the Mets were never going to go very long on a contract or very big on the money there. Uh, if, if they secretly... You know, in their own minds, the Mets front office came into the offseason viewing Verlander on a two-year deal as plan A. I would not be surprised at all because I would much, much rather have Verlander for two years than DeGrom for three, four, four, never mind, five. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, again, just mind-boggling. So that's great. I think Verlander was a tremendous signing for the Mets. He, there is risk there, of course, because he is old and because you're pairing him with Max Scherzer, who is old. So when you think about the range of possible outcomes for the top of that rotation, there is a version of events where things are ugly because they start to break down and either get hurt or aren't as good. That said, both guys were tremendous in 2022, and the Mets are betting that that will be the case for at least this next season. We'll see. Tim Healy from Newsday is with us on the fan. On a scale of uh, 1 to 10, it should be a 10, by the way, how in <laughs> are the Mets are on uh, Kodai Senga? Yeah, it, so- it sounds like a 10. It sounds like a 10. They have already brought in two starting pitchers. They want more. And, uh, you know, Senga's market sounds pretty active. Mm-hmm. And the Mets are one of the teams in on him. I'm not, I don't know when Senga is going to sign or looking to make a decision. But sounds like the Mets are going to be in the thick of things for however long that takes. And if they don't sign Senga, it would not surprise me if they try to sign another starter or trade for a starter because that sounds like a pretty important thing to them. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And, and I was looking, too, in my little chart that I make, you know, the rudimentary chart that I have. I mean, who, who's left out there? Rodon is going to be a no for the Mets. Evaldi yeah. kind of stinks, so no on him. Ross Stripling, is that what, are they going to coax Chris Bassett to come back? I mean, what are the other options if it's not Senga? I'm pretty curious about where Chris Bassett's market ends up because he's a little older than Taiwan Walker. He has the qualifying offer attached to him, and teams in general like that less because it cost him a draft pick to sign the player. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know what kind of money he's going to get. Maybe four years, 80 million, something like that. 
They might be a little too rich for the Mets, mm-hmm. but it's probably not that much more than what Senga is gonna right. gonna get. So I wonder if he ends up being more in play for them as his market uh, you know materializes and numbers start to get a little more real. Um, and then the wild card in all this is is a trade because uh, trades are much harder to predict. To predict, you don't know who is available. You don't know who views the Mets as a trade partner and things along those lines. So uh, there's a big, big category of just wild card. Were the Mets really not in on Aaron Judge at all? Uh, as far as I know, they weren't. And frankly, I think that's a good decision. Uh, Judge had a great season, obviously. Uh, historic, a lot of fun to watch and for me to watch from afar. Um, but because of that season, the contract that he was eventually going to get and did get with the Yankees was going to be a blatant overpay. There is no, there is, it's just very hard to imagine Aaron judge being worth $40 million a year for nine years. That is pretty wild. Um, That said, the Yankees had little choice other than to pay that price. And Mm -hmm. I understand the giants heavy interest because they're looking for a player like that. Um, the Padres were just trying to give somebody several hundred million dollars. So <laughs> I, 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 under, I know, I know. I, I would love to play with the Padres for that price. Uh, it, and uh, so, so I understand Aaron Judge's market, but whatever deal he got was going to be too much. And for the Mets, the, there wasn't exactly a, a, a roster fit. They needed a center fielder, not a corner outfielder. Um, so they could have made it work if they wanted to, but I totally understand their approach of not really bothering tim healy's with us live on the fan tim this i i can't get behind are the mets really serious about filling the dh role internally this season are they really running it back with what they had well i'll put it this way that they are open to position player changes and when you think about who they have on, on their roster who's coming back dh is the most obvious upgradable position. So right now, if they go internal, it's some combination of Daniel Vogelback, Darren Ruff, Mark Vientos, Francisco Alvarez. The option that I am very, very intrigued by, and I wrote about this for Newsday last week, is what if they went with Francisco Alvarez as the primary designated hitter and the backup catcher? That would allow Alvarez, who, you know, the whole point of having Francisco Alvarez is to let him hit. That arrangement would allow him to hit basically every day, catch some of the time, ease him into the grind and art of catching in the major leagues, which is no small thing, Mm -hmm. and take a page out of the Braves book with what they did with William Contreras this year. worked out great for them. Um, So that's what I think the Mets should do. Alvarez is the primary DH and backup catcher. Yeah, I was thinking. I, I yeah, I didn't see that article, or else, because I, I was thinking like, why would they just pigeonhole him into it like a straight DH position? Like he has to get better as a catcher, especially at the major league level. Yeah. So I kind of like that idea. It's a good idea, Tim. Yeah, good job. They can do both. <laughs> he could do both. <laughs> Thank um, you. Obviously, the uh, the biggest news of the week: the amount of money that Steve Cohen has spent on all of these guys. Um, the penalties, just so everybody's clear, what are the penalties? They've reached the, the highest threshold, right? So what are the penalties they, for this year and next year? They have not only reached the highest threshold, they are 
$40 million beyond the highest threshold. Their payroll right now, as calculated for the luxury tax, is about $335 million. The quote-unquote Cohen tax, Mm -hmm. the fourth tier of the luxury tax that was added in March when they agreed on a new CBA, starts at $293 million. So the Mets were around the start of that uh, at the beginning of the week after signing Verlander. Mm -hmm. And then they added all these other players and just shot way past it. And now who knows how far, how much, how much farther they're going to go now that they've come this far. Um, So the penalties for that are a, the the actual literal tax is a 90% tax on uh, every dollar spent past 293. Wow. Uh, and and it, it's a very convoluted concept, but uh, Dave Lennon of Newsday actually did the math on it. And if their payroll stays at this level, their tax bill at the end of the 2023 season would be $67.2 million. So that is just just the tax they get for spending too much on their payroll. And then there's a penalty along the lines of uh, the top draft pick being dropped 10 picks. Or something to that effect, mm-hmm. um, but that is that that'll be determined, uh, you know, once the payroll numbers go final. Final question here, and this is Tim Tim uh, Healy from Newsday joining us on the fan. Uh, final question is for all of the years that everybody said the New York Yankees are trying, you know, they buy championships. Doesn't this sound a lot like Steve Cohen is trying to buy a championship? Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what that sounds like, and and I think they're doing so. Uh, kind of shamelessly <laughs> uh, to, to bring in Max Scherzer and then Justin Verlander and back to back all seasons is, uh, you know, sends a pretty clear message that at this stage, the Mets are looking for mercenaries essentially to help the team win and win in that three to five year window that Steve Cohen mentioned when he bought the Mets, that first window is down to one to three years. So the pressure is on, the players, the front office, Steve Cohen expects to win. The payroll is not going to be at this level forever. This is sort of a, I think, unlike the Yankees who carried a high payroll for a long, long time at the, you know, in the 2000s and 2010s, the Mets plan to have a lower payroll once their farm system starts, starts to produce actual contributors on a regular basis, which really has not been the case. They haven't had anybody come up since really Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonzo. So the plan is to use all this money of Steve Cohen's as sort of a temporary fix until it can become a healthier organization, really. Hmm. And and maybe buy a championship in the interim. Hmm. All right. Well, Tim, Tim, you've had a crazy, crazy schedule over the past week, winter meetings on the West Coast. Now you're here. Just wanted to say Thanks for, uh, for, for carving out some time for me tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Get some sleep. All right. <laughs> Bye, Tim. Thanks. That was Tim Healy, the Mets beat reporter from Newsday. He he's, does a fantastic job. He uh, When I first stepped foot into the Mets clubhouse, he realizes that I was, I was new there. And he was like, all right, look, the TV over there has the schedule, this, that, the other thing, rules, this, that. He's like, you'll be fine. You're going to be great. And, uh, uh, ever since then, I was like, you know what? This this is this is a good guy. So Tim, he's a great friend of the show. He he does a great job for Newsday. 
uh, covering the Mets. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll load up your calls now. Here we go. Taking calls the rest of the night. Um, if you want to talk about what the Mets plan you'd like to see for them to do next time, what the Yankees should do, Jets and Giants have very difficult games tomorrow. Will they come away with the win? And speaking of winning, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets resting their top seven starters, uh, scorers, came away with a big win tonight in Indy. So um, uh, all of that is on the table. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you till 2 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. We have some breaking news at 11.27 p.m. on a Saturday night here in New York City. I just asked Tim Healy live what the the the, the, uh, the scale, 1 to, or 0 to 10, that the Mets are going to get Kodai Senga. He, I said it should be a 10. He said it should be a 10. And somebody must have been listening because Kodai Senga, the best remaining free agent pitcher on the market. Is a New York Met. Wow. What a fantastic move. That is per Andy Martino. He said at 1117, the New York Mets are signing Kodai Senga, according to a source. Uh, I've got Tim Healy just double confirming it. He's he's working on it. And um, otherwise, I mean, it has been tweeted by Fox Baseball. I mean, it looks like it is a done deal. I, I want to get excited. It's starting to trend on Twitter. Fox Sports MLB, MLB on Fox on Twitter with a blue check and a white check. That's how you know. Says that the New York Mets are signing Kodai Senga per Andy Martino, NYC. Hey, hey, Sus, can, can we get Andy Martino on the phone? Can, can we call him? Do, does anybody have his number? No. We don't have Andy Martino's number. Somebody has to DM, DM me Andy Martino's number. Could someone get him on the phone, please? Because this, this is big. This is really big. I, no details yet on the on the number, on the years, on the dollar amount. Nothing, nothing. Uh, but I will tell you the market value that I had in my little chart. Put him at about four years, sixteen to twenty million dollars AAV. That's what I had. We'll work to confirm what that dollar amount and that number of years is moving forward. Kodai Senga, a New York Met, um, last see in, in his career. I looked at career numbers. Right, he pitches a hundred on average, one hundred and twenty-two innings per season. He he has a two point four two ERA. He had a strikeout rate that was, let me see. Just under, oh, you know what? How about this? Justin Verlander's strikeout rate and Kodai Senga's are only three-tenths of a a, a percentage point off. They are almost exactly the same strikeout rate. He has more strikeouts per nine than Justin Verlander. We'll compare it that way. How about that? Batting average against Kodai Senga is 147. On base percentage for Kodai Senga, minimal. Slugging percentage, minimal. OPS, 343. His FIP number is unknown at the time, but Kodai Senga, it's green on the paper in front of me, my chart in front of me. He is a New York Met. He played all 11 seasons with the same team in Japan, the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, and that is a good sign. Uh, Everything is pointing to 
hey, this is great. We've got breaking news tonight. Kodai Senga looks to be the newest New York Met. Andy Martino, and thank you to, uh, oh, God, I, all these DMs are coming in. Okay, SNY tweeted the Mets are signing Kodai Senga to a five-year, $75 million deal. Five years, $75 million. That's a, what, a do quick average here. That's his $15 million a year. That is a fantastic deal for the New York Mets. Lower AAV than I figured. Yeah, you had to go to the fifth year. That's okay. He's 29 years old. He's a five-time Japan Series champion. This is a fantastic night for the New York Mets. Kodai Senga, welcome to New York. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Your reactions on the newest Met Kodai Senga, Eric in Ronkonkoma. You're up on the fan. I'm glad to be a part of that. That's wow. Cool. And uh, and breaking news for you. I like that as well. But uh, I, I can get you that article from Tim Healy if you, if you want. So you just let me know about that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. If you um, could. Yeah, because yeah, I, you know, I, I, I have access. <laughs> so, um but uh, look, I mean, I, I'm glad they got him. But, but to be quite honest, though, they, they, they gotta get some bats. I mean, really. I mean, and I'm not even sure they're gonna pursue anything at this point now. I mean, you know, they they loaded up on the pitching, but you know, when when does it get to the point when they start realizing that that you know pitching heavy, you know. Uh, is not, is not completely the answer. I mean, you know, they they have they, this is essentially the same hitting lineup that they had last year. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, and, and and the problem they had was when the pitching failed them in the playoffs and, it, and at the end of the season, okay, they couldn't make up for it. So because you know they they lost Marte and I I know that hurt, you know, but I mean it shouldn't get to the I brought this up to. You know, I went to the Queens baseball convention last weekend, and I brought it up at that. You know, when I was there, I said it shouldn't get to the point where losing one batter cripples the whole lineup, and that's exactly what happened. You know, they they got to get another person in there with a significant uh, hitting ability. Uh, you know, to be able to step in if there's you know if a couple others fall off a little bit. So, I, I mean, I'm excited about Singa coming, yeah. but. They, they, they got to get more offense. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. And, and, and the guy at the top of my list for the Mets offensively, and Kodai Senga is a Met if you're just tuning in, Josh Bell, he was number one pretty much on the list. He signed with the, with Cleveland. Okay, so now you're looking at, oh. I have I have the chart in front of me that I made okay. compared to all the metrics. You're looking at a J.D. Martinez or a Justin Turner. And, and if it's me, I'm t- it, not because he would be the cheaper option, because but he's the better option. Justin Turner, it is. If the Mets go out and get Justin Turner, Justin Turner, this would be a, a grand slam off season for the New York Mets. Justin okay. Turner's the guy. Well, go and do it. How how old is Justin Turner now, though? Uh, that part. Uh, let's see. Justin Turner age. He is exactly thirty eight years old, and okay, he so, yeah he just I mean, turned thirty eight. Yeah, all right. So lump him. Uh, I mean, look, he, you know, he was on the Mets, you know, originally, and it, you know, they, they. Mm-hmm. I can't say they should have kept him because he wasn't what he was when once he moved out to the Dodgers. All right, 
and he is a, he is a good bat. But what what does he have left now compared to what he was, you know, even three years ago? Well, I'll tell you, last I mean, year, I mean, his batting average with runners in scoring position, which I think everybody can agree that the Mets that did not do well with runners in scoring position last year, was a three thirty nine. It's it's the highest on all of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys I studied. His productive okay. out percentage is is the best among those same guys that I studied. So, I mean, there's still a little bit in the tank for Justin Turner. There is a little yeah. bit. And those based on last yeah, year's I, numbers. I, yeah, I just wish they had gone after Wilson Contreras, you Me know, too. and yeah, up well, on the Cardinals. Yes. You know, I mean that's you know, it just it just seems like the you know, you had Bogarts go to San Diego, Contreras went to St. Louis, you know, even even at the the outfield that that uh, uh Boston got from Japan. Uh, you know, is is uh, from what I everything I've read, I don't know much, but it sounds like he's a hitting machine. He barely strikes out. You know, I mean that that would have been a great pickup as well. But uh I mean look but look they, regardless of you know who they bring in if they even bring in anyone. Because I mean, I, I wasn't crazy about the uh, the DH scenario that uh, that Healy put out there. Uh, you know, they got to get someone else in there. But uh, but but it's a great start at least with Senga at least at this moment. And let's hope they supplement it. But uh, listen, in, in in case I miss you between now and and a couple weeks from now, I want to wish you an extraordinary uh, Christmas and holiday season. And 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 I'll uh, I'll get that article out to you. Uh, so. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, and, and happy holidays to you, too. Uh, we have breaking news here on the show. This is for real, for real. This is great. Who would have thought 1130 on a Saturday night, Kodai Senga becomes a New York Met, and Tim Healy did DM me back. He said, confirmed. Obviously, yes, we've got Andy Martino saying it, SNY has saying it, Tim Healy saying it, Kodai Senga, the newest New York Met to join that starting pitching rotation. It was the right move. It was the best available free agent pitcher on the market. And I know there's some questions of how his game's going to translate from the Japanese league to, you know, our American Major League Baseball league. We can talk about that a little bit more next. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Let them have it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City. And crumple up the plan. And throw it out the window. The New York Mets have, we have breaking news. The New York Mets have signed Kodai Senga to a five-year, $75 million deal. This is the guy, the only guy, Sus, I don't know if you can see it through the glass. This is the only guy that I highlighted in green among all of the starting pitchers that were remaining on the market. Those top-tier guys, Kodai Senga is the guy that I would have loved for either of our teams to sign, Mets went up and did it. I got a tweet at Coach MCCARTAN from Tito, and he says, Hashtag LGM, love the signing. Got to take a shot on this kid. Absolutely love it. I've got 1978 underscore Corvette saying, Under- understand why there's no interest in Bassett. Well, because Kodai Senga is a better pitcher than Chris Bassett. He is. He just is. Okay, and now he's saying, no, oh, those stats are against triple, double-A players at best. Bassett pitched. He succeeded in New York. I agree with that. Okay, I agree with that. Now, I on the commercial break, really quickly, 
I uh, I did some comparison, very rudimentary. You know, as many minutes as the commercial break was, that's what I was doing. Um, you think of a guy like uh, Masahiro Tanaka, pitched in the Japanese league, came to New York. I mean, this is a good comp. Pitched in Japan, came to New York. Obviously, with the Yankees, not with the Mets, but still same city, right? So I looked at, at one, two, three, just four numbers. That's all like, easily comparable between the two leagues really quickly. I looked at ERA, home runs are per nine, hits per nine, strikeouts per nine. And, you know, of those four things, Masahiro Tanaka's numbers were better in three of the four in Japan. I'll say it again. Out of ERA, home runs per nine, hits per nine, strikeouts per nine, Masahiro Tanaka's numbers were better in three of those four things in Japan. Once he came to the Yankees, the only thing that was better, like markedly better, was his strikeouts per nine. They were at 7.8 in Japan, 9.3 strikeouts per nine in in the United States. So very quick, I know, comparison, I know, very quickly. He also did, Masahiro Tanaka, that is, in that first year he was a New York Yankee, Rookie of the Year, I believe. Check that real quick. And All-Star. He was an All-Star. And he was, oh, he finished, I'm sorry, he finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting. He was an All-Star, Masahiro Tanaka, year one, and he finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting. In 2014, that was. So, obviously, there's going to be an adjustment period. Obviously. However, at five years, $75 that was Less AAV than I was thinking, more on the years. Your reactions, Mets Nation, Mets fans. 877-337-6666. My name is Danielle McCartan, and we will go to Sean in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Sean, you're up. Danielle, what a tremendous signing after losing the Grom and grabbing him and Verlander. I mean, Steve Cohen is unbelievable. He is the George Steinbrenner of this day. Tremendous, mm. tremendous signing. Unbelievable. They need one more bat to solidify the order, so hopefully they can get that done. But um, yes, I'm looking forward to hearing what you say. I'll hang up and listen. Hey, thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. It's a great day. I mean, the comparison that you just made of George, uh, you know, Steve Cohen to George Steinbrenner. I mean, it, it's 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 apparent. It's obvious now, isn't it? I mean, this guy is blowing by tax thresholds. Doesn't care. Wants to win. Buying championships. Tim Healy agreed. Steve Cohen's buying a championship. And he just got the best remaining starting pitcher, I think. I mean, Carlos Rodon was was out of the, the market value for the Mets anyway, completely. Kodai Senga, bargain deal. You got two older men at the top of that rotation. What if one or both of them don't pan out? You've got, you've got a, a rotation of Senga, Quintana, and Carrasco leading the way. I mean, look at your rotation. I guess your your number one starter is Verlander. Number two is Scherzer. Three, Senga. Four, Quintana. Five, Carrasco. You go out, you get yourself a Justin Turner's bat. And I know third base is still, you know, but I, I think if you get one more bat, and what if that what if that ends up being Carlos Correa? I, he said he would only play third base to Francisco Lindor shortstop. That would be a dream scenario. That Put that on your holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa list, Mets fans. That's what you want. 877-337-6666. It's a great day to be a Mets fan. Mendy in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Coach, 
Coach, how we doing tonight, baby? How we doing? <laughs> good, good. How are you? Let me tell you something. This is what me and the boys call a yo-yo move. You go ahead, all right? Jacob DeGrom got $185 million from the Texas Rangers, okay? The Mets went ahead and got Verlander, um, Senga, and Quintana for a total of $187 million. $2 million more for three solid pitchers in in the rotation, and and Justin Verlander, a Cy Young Award winner. I don't care that he's old. You know why? Because we only have him for two years. Yep. Who cares if he's 40 right now? He just went ahead and had an all-star career, Hall of Fame type of year last year. It isn't like he did this five years ago, four years ago. He did this less than 365 days ago. Not only that, right, you go ahead and you sign single for five years, $75 million. What is that, $15 million a year for a potential number one, number two guy? $15 million a year? Tywin Walker got seventeen. Got 17. Mm. The fact that Kodai Singa went ahead, right, I mean, got basically less than um, Taiwan Walker mm-hmm. AAV, that tells me, that tells me that Billy Epler goes ahead, right, and he has a relationship um, uh, with these foreign players. And, uh, I mean, now the pitch to Otani be like, hey, yo, come join the rotation with a buddy of yours in, in Kodai Singa. This move... Could could go ahead and increase the chances that we get Otani next year. This is a huge move, not for Singa himself, but to go ahead and get Otani next year. Mm. And the money, who cares about the money? I don't care if you overpaid Nimmo, if you overpaid Verlander. Guess what? If the owner doesn't care, why as a fan should I care? This is an owner that wants to win, that is determined to win. You go ahead and you get me a J.D. Martinez right now. That is an A-plus offseason. I'm not going to go ahead and be like, Correa this, Correa that, because I feel like that's a little pushing it. But a good veteran bat like J.D. Martinez who has pop, sign me up because why not? That is the bat that I feel like we are missing and I feel like we are going all in this season. And with the Phillies being better and the Braves being on the Braves, these additions are adding up to a monstrous, beautiful, splendid, fantastic (laughs) offseason, baby. Let's go, Mets! (laughs) Mandy, I'm going to let you go on that. That that, that call could not have gotten any better, could not have ended any better. Um, This is a, it's a great night to be, it's great. I mean, there's, it's a great night to be a Met fan. It's it's fantastic, and that was a fantastic point that you just made of bringing in that this could this could lure Shohei Otani, who would be a perfect fit for the New York Mets. This could lure him in. It could, it really could, and that's a great observation, Mendy, on your behalf. Because why would you not want to come and play with one of your countrymen? You know, show him the ropes and 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 be here in New York with 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 home. You know. Although I would tell you that Senga's not a possible number one. The only way Senga's going to be their number one is if both Scherzer and DeGrom go down, theoretically. So, Steve Cohen, and, and yeah, yeah, Rick, Rick, at, all these people are checking in on Twitter. At Rick uh, Tashi's, he says, uh, thank Cohen for spending like a drunken sailor. Something he told you he was not going to do in his opening press conference. And here he is, spending more money than than than... Whole teams in the past week is Steve Cohen. David in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you, David? You don't sound too happy. Very, 
No, I'm actually very excited as a Mets fan. This is, I mean, waiting for this my entire life. I mean, normally the off season was just watching football in the Dominican Winter League pretty much because we didn't do much. But now times have changed, man. I'm really excited. But um, yeah, just wanted to make a a second. I said, yeah, of course. It's it's you have to be excited for this. This is this is a this is a movement. Yeah, and I mean, like, this guy is just amazing. You know, DeGrom walks, he immediately replaces him, and think about it now. Our number five starter is Carrasco. The the guy's had more wins than DeGrom has in the last two years. Mm. Let that sink in. Mm. Uh, But with that said, you have a great night. Love the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Appreciate that. You know, Kodai Senga, by the way, He's been, he was clocked last season at 102 miles an hour. You know, that doesn't impress me much. But um, he, he, he this is from Michael Mayer. Throws a ghost forkball, a slider, a curve, and a cutter. Um, obviously, the reports early were he wanted to play in a big market. He wanted to be on a win-now team. And, um, and the New York Mets fit both of those things. Um, it's just a tremendous sign. He, uh, this is from SNY, from a scout that, that told SNY, in Japan he relied on hitters chasing his splitter down out of the strike zone because a lot of them had to cheat to get to his velocity. He'll probably have a tougher time getting big league hitters to do that. We talked about that already. We talked about the adjustment period. Pete in Monroe Township, you're up next here on The Fan. I'm loving it. I'm loving this win-now attitude with the Mets. Yeah. Uh, I, this, is, this is amazing. I just... I just finished I, I dj i just finished dj i got into my truck and this is the first thing i heard mm-hmm. i'm like oh, this is awesome it's like christmas early for us now now the only thing i'd like i if if, if it's not if it's not correa we need a, a catcher that could actually hit consistently well yes you know? and that guy was that guy was wilson Contreras, and they they didn't do it they didn't pull the right. you know the trigger on him i don't know why uh, but, but Pete, think about it. If you get another bat in this lineup, like a good one, like a Justin Turner or even or even Carlos Correa, I mean, you could absorb a defensive sort of catcher as bat. I mean, you could theoretically do it. As long, well, I'll tell you what, if they're going to go that route, I mean, they got to get rid of McCann. I mean, Nito, Nito is, your, is, your, is going to be your catcher then. Because we need, McCann brings nothing to the table. Darren Ruff, I don't know if they – is he still on our roster too? Yep. Ugh. That, that's just <laughs> – they got to get rid of the dead weight. Well, yes. I don't even you – know, Well, the thing I is, care you look at the contract, though, of McCann. He's got 2023. He's got 2024. He's not at a UFA until after the 2024 season. you got two more seasons of Brian McCann unless they can move him. Did you see the reports out of Texas that, that they want they want him? Take him. Oh, bring yeah. him up. Bring him That'd to the airport. Great. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, if I, I've that that's that could be the best thing that Jacob Degrom could do is to, <laughs> is demand is to man, demand demand the comes with him <laughs> like a party gift for us, you right, know? Right. Uh, so I mean, I was really I was upset about about him leaving, but you know, with his injuries and everything, and what we got back, yeah, and to to fill the void, we we I, we did we we made. Way better. Way better than just signing him. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what it is? And, and, and Pete, thanks for the call. And, and DJing, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and, and happy to break the news to you there, Pete. But, you know, you look at um, 
what was just done this past week in the New York Mets. And, and okay, now now you go after bullpen arms too. Okay, Adam Ottavino. I'm looking at it right now. $4.8 million calculated market value for a two-year deal. That's like 9.7. I'd bring him back. He was fine for the Mets. And uh, I, I got a check-in from, from Andy Martino. Uh, Sus, can I just read this before we go to break here? All right, Andy Martino texted back. He said this. He's And I'm going to just read the text. This is Andy Martino from SNY who broke the news of Kodai Senga. He said... Uh, This is a quote. He said, I'll just say it's not just DeGrom going to Texas that led to this spree. I'm going to infer spending spree. Um, Andy Martinos has in a text to me, he says, Cohen and Epler saw what the rest of the league was doing over the past week, including the Phillies, and they are determined that they had to do this to keep up. That's a text from Andy Martino, uh, who did break the news that Kodai Senga who, in my opinion, was the best remaining top-tier pitcher on the market, is a New York Met. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Daniel McCartan, and this is WFAN New York City. Who would have thought? Kevin and I were just talking. Who would have thought? Breaking news on a Saturday night at 1130. Kodai Senga is a New York Met. We've got a text check-in from Andy Martino, the guy who broke the news. I mean, this might as well be. There's a Taylor Swift lyric in in one of her new songs, and Midnight's become my afternoons is the lyric. It feels like twelve o'clock in the afternoon right now. Um, th- this is going to be uh, this is exciting. This is exciting. This is uh, a great signing by the New York Mets. I mean, under the 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 AAV that I was expecting, the Mets got a really good pitcher. And and yes, there's going to be an adjustment period between the Japanese league and Major League Baseball. Yes, there is. The example you can look at is Masahiro Tanaka. Masahiro Tanaka in his first season in New York finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting and was an all-star. I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. Robbie and Lennox, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniel. Nice to talk to you. Happy holidays to you, you and your too. family. Thank you. Thanks. You know, uh, first of all, I wanted to say something before about, about baseball before I talk about baseball. What's with the Nets tonight resting eight guys? What's that all about? And winning the game. What are you resting eight guys for? Boy, I'm hope I'm not a season ticket holder to the Indiana Pacers when it comes to see Kevin Durant play. There this was is an 80% love, capacity what, at the crowd. In the and crowd that's tonight. why I love the NHL. And that's why I love the NHL. Because those guys play. And Jimmy Vesey, you know, will take $750,000 to get on the ice and bust his ass for the Rangers. And that's why the NHL will always be... Take precedence for me over the NBA any day of the week because those guys play. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely absurd that you're a professional athlete and you sit on your ass in December. Give me a break. Give me a break, please. Anyway, I got to talk about baseball. Being a Yankee fan and watching Steve Cohen spend money, it's not that the Yankees don't spend money, Danielle. The Yankees don't spend the money right. That's exactly We're- right. That's exactly right. I was thinking about that today. You got Aaron Hicks on a ridiculous contract. I mean, yes, uh, you, you are exactly right. Yes. 
Brian Cashman is back. I must have had a coronary. I mean, I'm doing my show next week. I'm going to be on the radio going, talking about why Brian Cashman is back for another four years. It's like, what the hell are they thinking about? First of all, you know, I was listening to Francesca's podcast the other day, and he was talking about the same things you and I always talk about. Table setters in front of judge, stop batting judge second, yes. let's get a guy, right, all the time, right? So what is Brian Cashman's commitment now to going out and getting two guys? Now, obviously, DJ, if he's healthy, who, what's the commitment to going out and getting somebody who can table set two guys in front of judge? And please, what are we going to do about our situation at third base and shortstop? Mm-hmm. If Carlos Correa is out there, and look, I'd love to see Anthony Volpe, and I like Peraza. I mean, do you, I want to see the kids play. I'm almost willing to take a step back, to take a step forward. But you've got the wrong general manager doing it. Yeah. This, there's no commitment to developing players. Now they want to develop players. So what's the deal? What does he want to do? That's like if I sat in the room with Cashman, I'd be like, "So Brian, what's your plan? What are you planning on doing for the next two to three years?" I mean, it seems like Epler has a plan at least. I know you know Steve Cole wants to spend a lot of money and so forth, and God bless him. But I mean, it seems like the Mets have a definitive plan to go and try to win. And Cashman just. Yeah, these contracts are insane. The Stanton contracts are insane. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. They need a major change. I don't want to see Glebertorius back. To me, Glebertorius is, you know, he, he's just not that good. I don't care. I don't. I, I think he's going to be the same type of player. He's consistent. You know, poor baseball IQ on the field. So I, I really don't know. I'll get your thoughts and stuff. And uh, boy, I tell you, Igor stood on his head last night. And hopefully, hopefully we'll beat the Devils on Monday. I'm looking forward to that game. So yeah, that's anyway, a big game. You, yeah, yeah, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate all the thanks, time Robbie. and. Uh, Continue success on one of those takes. Thank you, thank you. Um, you you said something that that I wanted to mention before. I did I did write down on a piece of paper. I wrote Billy Epler good at spending money, trades dot 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 question mark to be seen. I mean Billy Epler's really good at spending. We are all really good at spending money. If we had an unli- if we had a black card, we could spend money. Billy Epler happens to be really good at spending it. Cashman. I mean, look at this contract. Aaron Hicks, he's making 5.2% of the payroll. You've got Josh Donaldson making 10% of the payroll for this upcoming season. Stanton, 15%. I mean, Hicks Hicks, and Donaldson, add that up. Hicks and 10.1 plus 5.1, 2, that's a 15.2. Round it up. Yeah, 15.2% of the payroll. 15.2% of the payroll is wrapped up in Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks. And you want to throw Kiner Fluff in there? 18% of the payroll is wrapped up in those three guys, and they spent millions to bring in the latter. Donaldson and IKF. $50 million on top of that. They're a waste of money. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. The Mets are making moves productive moves in spending in the right manner, whereas, you know, the Yankees, they talk about, you know, their, their payroll being at the top of the league every year. Okay, but but they're not, they don't have anything to show for it. When your payroll, 18% of your payroll is Donaldson, Hicks, and Kiner Falefa, I mean, these are three guys that shouldn't even be on the team. The Mets are doing it the right way. The Yankees, they're not. They're they're just not, and the reason why I believe that they still have Glaber Torres around, well, he's still in in arbitration years. He's he's cheap. They have him on the cheap. Twenty twenty three, his estimated salary is going to be nine million dollars, nine point six. That's relatively cheap, and that's estimated. We'll see what that ends up being. 
obviously arbitration, see if they can agree, see if it goes to it, whatever. But man, oh man, Billy Epler, one thing he's really good at, spending money the right way. Max in Staten Island, you're up next here on The Fan, Max. Yeah, hey, what's up? Um, I want to shift over to the Yankees. I'm just wondering, what should our next free agent be? For the New York Yankees, the next free agent signing should be Benintendi. It's got to be Benintendi. Right, and then who's playing third base? That should be a big problem. That's a huge problem, yes. Uh, You know what? Who's playing third base? Here's the answer, Here's the answer, Max. It's Josh Donaldson. He's going to be playing third base next season. I was wondering, imagine we put uh, IKF at third and have one of like Parasa or Cabrera play short. Well, maybe that's an option, but what are you doing with, with Josh Donaldson? You just benching him? Um, put him at DH and have Stanton in the right field. Stanton in right field? Did you know that the, the Yankees re-signed Aaron Judge? Yes, and he'll be our, my center fielder. No, Bader's your center fielder. Bader and left. Nah, Bader in center. B- Bader in center. The ideal outfield for me would be would be a platoon with Stanton in left, somebody else, Ben Intendi, the main guy. When he needs a rest, you put Stanton out there. Bader in center, judge and right. Right, and now um, how long should we sign Ben Intendi for? Mm, I think the market value on Ben Intendi was three years, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think that's fair. Three-year deal. Sounds good. It'll be a exciting week for New York this We'll see what happens. And thanks for the call there, Max. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Max. You know, you know, I I use a website called Spot Track. I just looked it up. I was wrong. I was just mistaken on there. I thought maybe three years. Market value six years uh, for Andrew Benintendi. Not that that means anything. It's not that it's always right. I mean, it was wrong on Kodai Senga. It said four years for him. It ended up being five uh, in the actual deal. So the market value, according to Spot Track, for Andrew Benintendi, excuse me, is seventeen point three million dollars. For six years. Even still, I would still do it. Yeah, I would. He needs to be next. But I have a sneaky suspicion that he won't be. And that they're going to move around Aaron Hicks. Back at the center. They're going to move Bader to left. And they're going to make Aaron Judge the right fielder. I do not want to see Aaron Judge in center field anymore. Either, by the way. Okay, you just locked him up for a long period of time. You do not need him in the most demanding outfield position uh, on the field. <clears throat> and I know this just took a turn to the Yankees, but it's a really good night to be a Mets fan. Kodai Senga is a New York Met. Breaking news on the show. It's it's less than 30 minutes old. It's fresh. I tweeted, by the way, to uh, to Evan. Evan. Evan Roberts. I said, Evan, you up? Call in. Nothing yet. And then I also tweeted to, and just, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, what's it called? The sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek. What's that word? Sort of facetious. But, I mean, Steve Cohen's got to be up. I mean, they just the deal just happened. I mean, he's probably drinking champagne in his, uh, in his uh, mansion right now. But I, I wrote to Steve Cohen, and I wrote, Broke the Kodai Sangin news live on air on WFAN. Hope you're listening to all the happy Mets fans calling in. You can, too. So let's see if Steve Cohen gives us a call. Can you imagine? And Kevin Rivera checks back in, and he goes on Twitter. He wrote, DeGrom who? Yeah, that's funny. Back to the phones we go at 877-337-6666. Suss is behind the glass, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, Paul Rosenberg left. 
We had a changing of the guard a while ago. We got Sus behind the glass. He's doing a great job tonight. Paul in Floral Park, you are up next here on the fan. Paul, go ahead. How are you, Danielle? Great. How are you? I missed coming. you last week there, Paul. What yeah. happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we're still getting situated around here. But, uh, you know, I made it here, and it's, you know, it's absolutely beautiful out here, isn't it? It's great <laughs> with the Pennsylvania. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, so Paul, by yeah, the way, you... just moved from our area out to Pennsylvania, and he sends me pictures of, of it, it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a job now at uh, Shady Maple, and it's, oh, God, things are looking up. Good, we I'm get glad. Aaron Judge back. <laughs> yeah, we get Aaron Judge back. Yep. I Singer with the Max. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's great. But uh, who, who are we looking into as far as the closer? For the Yankees? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's the question because right. Jansen – he Jansen had the second most saves in the in the league last year. Just was uh-huh. signed by the Red Sox like a couple of days yeah. ago. So, um, right. he would be really good. Um, right. Honestly, there's not a lot of guys on the free agent market. It's gonna have to come right. via trade. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's what Buster only is hinting at. I know that right. I know that the uh, that the <laughs> uh, that the Mariners were interested in Glaber Torres. So maybe maybe that's mm-hmm. a deal. You think they're dealing Seawald? I don't know. Right. I, I don't. David I don't Robinson. know. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. It's David Robinson. Yeah, he's a Met. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, jeez. I mean, I've been running around like a headless chicken. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, he, he's a Met. David Robinson is yeah. a great move for wow. him. Yeah. Because my brother and his wife got me running around like a headless chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're um, a busy person. Yeah, with five people, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're tuning into this oh, show for. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my brother's wife, she's she's a great mother. Oh, my, my two loving nephews, we love them. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> Those two. Right, Kyle. Oh, man, it's so funny. <laughs> all right, Paul. Thanks for checking all in. All right, yeah, yeah. I'll let you go. Appreciate it, Paul. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Uh, Antonio Grillo checking in on Twitter. He says, I would sign up for an Ottavino reunion. Me too. I would too. He said, I would bring in Andrew Chafin as a second lefty option. The rest is to be determined. Lugo probably won't be back. Do not bring back Trevor May. I responded back to Antonio Grillo. I said, co-sign. Co-sign that. Up to the Bronx we go. Joe, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. I uh, I just want to uh, comment on uh, with the Senga uh, signing. You got it. I think it's great. I think uh, I, I spoke to Sal uh, a couple of days ago. And I, I had forementioned this. I said if they do happen to get Sanga, being Billy Epler, his uh, his connection with the Japanese uh, bringing over um, Otani, I mean that could help that whole connection. Oh with, yeah, with Otani. Oh definitely. Uh, and, you know, I think it's I think it's I think it's a no no loss uh, signing. I think this guy's going to be positive, and I'm I'm very happy. I know the other guy was laughing hysterically, and I I, I love it, but uh, <laughs> but I just want the first time caller, and I thank you, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Hey, Joe. Thanks for making it. Appreciate it. It's 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 a great night to be a Met fan. It is a great night to be a Met fan, and uh, I'm gonna send Sus. He hates when I do this to him. Sus, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the plan here because you know everything got a little messed up here. But um, Jacob Degrom, who was a good tweet by Kevin. Uh, I wanted to kind of now kind of kick this into a different gear and kind of add, not a different gear, but another gear, like two at the same time, full throttle here on the show tonight. 
You know, the Texas Rangers are going to be playing in New York twice next season. Once in the Bronx, once in Queens. And based on also happening this week, Jacob deGrom's introductory press conference with the Rangers, what type of reaction will he get? I have a feeling we already know that answer. My name is Danielle McCartan. Give me a call as to what you plan to do when you see Jacob DeGrom at City Field. 877-337-6666. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan with you till two on this breaking news. I've, you know, I always come in with a plan, and here it is. And I'm about to throw it right in a garbage can. The New York Mets have signed Kodai Senga. Breaking news uh, less than an hour ago. If you're just jumping in your car, uh, some people are texting me that they're leaving Christmas parties, and you know, maybe you're leaving the club. One guy was calling in. He was just leaving his DJ gig. Yeah. Kodai Senga is a New York Met if you're just tuning in just now. And 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 then, of course, you think, all right, all right, now what? What next? Okay, a bat for sure. Is it J.D. Martinez or is it Justin Turner? Uh, my choice uh, with, the, with the cheaper dollar sign even still, um, not because I'm picking it based on the money because I think I like the player a little bit better uh, based on last year's numbers. I, my pick would be Justin Turner, actually. And then you do you bring back Ottavino, and then you're set. And I got a tweet from Mark Roberto. He said, Ottavino, Robertson, and Diaz could create a less stress 7, 8, and ninth inning compared to last season. You're absolutely right. Hey, Ray the Playmaker said, we got Senga. The New York Mets signed Senga. It was a five-year, $75 million deal. And, uh, you know, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom who, man? He's going to be back. He'll be in the Bronx in late June. And that will be in Queens. In late August, it's August 28th, 29th, and 30th. Really hard to think that far in advance when it's 37 degrees right now. Um, but uh, you, you saw this past week the opening press conference from DeGrom. When you go to City Field in August, or maybe you're going to make the trip to the Bronx just to, just to do what I think you're going to do, are you going to cheer him or are you going to boo him? I mean, we're, is there going to be a tribute video on the board? I mean, the Mets posted a 1 minute and 11 second tribute video to Jacob deGrom on December 3rd. I mean, tribute video or not. By the way, I do not co-sign that move. Do you believe that Jacob deGrom is going to get cheered by Mets fans? There's no chance, especially now. I mean, this rotation is 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 probably the best in the league. Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Quintana, Carrasco, Jacob DeGrom, who? And maybe you're not angry at him yet, right? But but maybe you're just sitting there sad and, and forlorn and, and, you know, you're trying to figure out the reason why he left. You may never know. But all I saw on Twitter, I couldn't believe this. I saw people saying he wanted to go home. Jacob DeGrom, by the way, was born in DeLand, Florida. DeGrom from DeLand. Kind of weird, right? 34 miles from Disney World. He went to college at Stetson. Also, guess where? Florida. Last I checked, the Rangers play their home games in Texas, not in Florida. So stop with the lazy takes. You sound like a moron. It's just a plane ride away whether he's in New York or whether he's in Texas. 
How about this? How about the fact that there's no state income tax in the state of Texas? If you're telling me that I can keep it all on a deal that could be worth $222 million, yeah, man, that outweighs the rate at which I'd be taxed anywhere in our area. You know, and and, and you, you can't, also, too, going along with the lines with the money, it's clear he wants to pitch as long as possible, DeGrom does. And he was going to go wherever that was going to happen for him. He's going to turn 35 in June. Given his injury history, I mean, even Tim Healy told you before, I mean, there's a Rangers club option that can allow him to pitch till he's 40. The Mets weren't going that high, and rightfully so. But if you're the player, sign me up. The Mets were not giving that to him. Be at peace with it. Let me know another team that was going to sign him for that long. I'll wait. Because there wasn't one, including the Mets, and that was the right move. So are you going to boo or cheer or laugh at? What's your reaction to when Jacob DeGrom comes back to Queens in the last couple days of August? Ocean City, New Jersey. Kevin, you're up on the fan. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. And um, I don't care where, when it is, when Jake pitches, I'm a Mets fan. I'm cheering Jake. I have no hard feelings at all. Really? And I just hope he doesn't blow us out, blow us away. Uh, uh, I have nothing but respect for him. And if, if we had gained some run support, he would have I don't know how many more wins. And he never, And he never got mad. He just... Did what he does. Did what he does. Sure. So many times we didn't help him out. So anytime I'm see Jake pitch, I'm cheering him. I don't care. I don't care. Wow. I, that you know what? And that, like I said, I yeah. And like I said, I just hope he doesn't get on a roll and blow us out like with <laughs> 15, 20 strikeouts. You know. Well, but, um, you know, he does I, know the strengths and weaknesses of his teammates. I would not be surprised right. if that happens. He's the best. I don't care. Uh, I wish him well. I wish him well. Wow, that's uh, Kevin. That's thanks not... for thanks uh, for the memories. Uh, thanks for the memories, Jake. And that's not where I thought the call was going to go. Uh, see, I think that Jacob Degrom is going to be mercilessly booed at City Field. I think, or even laughed at, or mocked. I don't think cheered. Maybe I'm off base on this. Yeah, we've got the uh, here's a, here's a clip that I found quite interesting uh, from Jacob Degrom's opening press conference in, uh, in down there in Texas with the Texas Rangers. That's not an easy decision. And, um, you know, I spent the first um, eight plus years of my career with the New York Mets. And, you know, I, I have to thank them um, for that. They'll always hold a special place in my heart, my wife's heart, my kids, you know, um, from ownership to my teammates there, um, you know, and the fans ultimately, you know, they made me feel welcome there. Um, and, you know, they played a big role in my career. So there will always be a special place in my heart for the, for the New York Mets and their fans and, you know, it's just, you know, that's the part of the business of baseball is, and, you know, seeing what CY and, like I said, Boach and Ray were building here was something I wanted to be a part of. That's something I wanted to talk about, too. I mean, maybe he's just bought into to the theory down there, and maybe he's drinking the Kool-Aid that, that the Rangers have whipped up. I mean, think about it. The Rangers have built a brand new $1.1 billion ballpark. They're gentrifying the area around it. They have spent some serious cash before DeGrom. Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager being the two biggest contracts. Maybe that they presented Jacob DeGrom with a plan that we don't know about. But, I mean, we all do have eyeballs, and we all do see that the Rangers reside in a, in a division with both the Mariners and the Astros. But maybe, maybe, maybe there's more than meets the eye. 
Probably not, but you know, you never know. Good luck to them. Kodai Senga is a Met. And what a move. What a move that the Mets... Jacob deGrom leaves this week, and the Mets, by the end of the week, without Jacob deGrom, have probably the best starting pitching rotation in the league. East Rockaway, we go. By the way, 877-337-6666. Bill, you're up on the fan, Bill. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Good, good. How are you? All right. Two quick points regarding deGrom. One, Steve Cohen owes him nothing. He paid him for two years of his salary that he signed with the Will Ponds and got nothing from him, basically, mm-hmm. with being out. And number two, I wouldn't expect DeGrom to face the Mets. The guy, you know, he only played three games, so three out of five in the rotation, that's 60%. And then mm-hmm. the guy's hurt The guy's hurt for how many uh, starts of the year, so you're lucky if you see him at 20% possibility, you know? You know what I say, Bill? I hear, And I was talking with a guy, I'm a teacher during the week, and I was talking with a Mets fan at work, and, and I said to him, I said, you know what? Jacob DeGrom is going to make every, almost every start next season just to shove it down and say, look, I can do it. Look, I'm healthy now. I wouldn't be surprised. But we're just going by the just going by what we've what we've known for the last couple of years, you know. But that's true that it could happen also. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm off base on it. I'm thinking people are going to boo him mercilessly. But I got another tweet just now that said I, I yeah, would well, cheer for they, Jake. I think I think they would boo him too. It's just that uh, who knows if he would be even uh, if he would be there or not to to start. You know. Yeah. No, I know. Maybe, and, but he'll be there. I mean, theoretically, he he should be there either yes, way. Yes. But, he'll be there. Yes. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't think Steve Cohen owes him anything. So yeah, because no, he paid, like you said, he paid him thirty million dollars for two years, and he didn't even uh, participate. You know. <laughs> I know. I do know, and I know that's a frustration with him. And, and any Yankee fan looking at Rodon, guess what? He's a mirror image of Jacob Degrom. You don't want him. You don't want to, you know, go over any sort of luxury tax threshold for him. It, he's it's it's like one thing after another after another. So Brian Woodward on Twitter said, I'll cheer for Jake. He had some great years. Hmm. 1978 Corvette checks in again. He said, I'm cheering for him too. Maybe I'm off base on this. I don't know. I just thought that a guy that, that did not even give you a chance to match the offer that he did get, I thought that was kind of rude. I don't know. Thomas in Tom's River. You're up on the fan. Thomas. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, right, thanks for making it. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, DeGrom, I can't wait to boo him. Uh, I, ha- I have a season ticket package, and I immediately checked to make sure I had tickets to that series. My little brother texted me immediately. He said, count me in. I'm clearing schedule for that series, and I can't wait to go there. You know, I want to boo him. We, uh, I was pretty sad, honestly, but then that press conference came out, and uh, – you know, I, I don't like that he's saying he, he wants to go to a World Series team. That's where you were at, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Thomas, that's true. You know, you want to go to a World Series championship. I mean, what are the Mets doing? I mean, the Mets I had 100 wins, 101 wins last season. They are well on their way. And they're even better off without him now on all these signings that they're making. Yeah, I'm, I'm praying he makes it to that series. And if he doesn't, I hope he's coming off the I.L. just to get there. Oh, <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens there, Thomas. We'll, we'll see it, but I'm glad you'll be there. I'm going to try to get to there. If he does pitch, I'm going to probably ask for a credential for that game because I'm just curious to see. I want to see it in person and live. And we must see it, for sure. Hey, we'll see what happens. And, Thomas, thanks for the call. Uh, to Brooklyn we go. Ben, you're up on the fan. 
Yeah, hey, uh, first time caller, long time listener. Oh, um, I love your show, by the way. Thank you. Um, here's here's the deal with Degrom. The, the Mets the Mets didn't want to pay him what he wanted. I mean, well, clearly only Texas was the only one who wanted to pay him. It's not like he left New York. New York didn't really want him anymore. We told him to get out, get out of here. Maybe you know, pitch fourteen games a season somewhere else. And uh, I don't, I, I don't think any Met fan is is mad to see him go. I think the Mets are the Mets are, are ecstatic right now. They 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 probably had possibly one of the best off seasons in, in baseball right now. Yeah, so, for sure, uh, for sure. The Mets have made the most beneficial moves, the best moves this off season so far. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know one Met fan. I have, I have a lot of friends who are all Met fans. No one said see Degrom go. We're all happy to see pitchers who could show up and pitch thirty games a season and not have to play games. I mean, Degrom didn't really do much for New York. Yeah, he, he pitched good sometimes. He brought us to one World Series, but um, you know, other than that, you know, he could go. He was, he wasn't a big deal in New York City when he was here. He did, he didn't do much, and uh, now he's gone. I couldn't care less when he comes back in uh, August. Makes no difference to me. All righty. Thank you so much. Yeah, Ben. Right. He pitched in a World Series game, though. I mean, he was part of that that run in 2015. Javi Yank's checking in. He said, I agree with you. DeGrom won't pitch in any of those games against the Mets. Ooh, Peter. I, so, I, by the way, I just put a, a poll up on Twitter. And the poll is, would you cheer or boo Jacob DeGrom when he returns to the Bronx? Maybe I'm off base on this. I thought he'd be booed. But all the responses that I'm trying to compile into one tweet now, would you cheer or would you boo him? I don't know. <laughs> I'll come back with uh, more more responses on Twitter. And if you'd like to give me a call, of course, 877-337-6666. My name is Danielle McCartan, and I'm with you till 2 here on The Fan. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to Danielle McCartan here on The Fan in New York City. It's a great night to be a Mets fan. Kodai Senga about an hour ago has declared that he is going to pitch for the New York Mets. It's a five-year, $75 million deal. I got a text message check-in from Andy Martino, and he said, I'm going to read it to you. He said, quote, I'll say it's uh, not just DeGrom going to Texas that led to this, I'm going to use the word myself, spending spree. So he said, I'll just say it's not just DeGrom going to Texas that led to this spending spree. Cohen and Epler saw what the rest of the league was doing over the past week, including the Phillies, and they were determined that they had to do this to keep up and do this, meaning sign Kodai Senga, who, who was on my list and all the homework that I did. He, he was the only guy, really, at that price, at that everything that I would have gone after. I see a lot of people uh, tweeting me, telling me, well, they have concerns about you know how he's going to do in Major League Baseball versus this Japanese league. I, mean, I will tell you, I mean, the, the fastest comp, comp that came to my mind was Masahiro Tanaka, right? He pitched in Japan, and he came to the New York Yankees, pitched in New York. It's, it's, it's similar. It's not the same, obviously, but it's similar. I mean, his ERA jumped 1.5 uh, in New York, 
His home runs per nine jumped 0.7. His hits per nine jumped one extra hit per nine. But his strikeouts per nine almost doubled. I mean, almost went up by two full strikeouts. Tanaka, in his first year as a Yankee, finished fifth in Rookie of the Year voting, and he was an all-star. So, I don't know. I mean, Senga has fantastic numbers in this Japanese league. I mean, probably the the best comp, Justin Verlander and him, they basically have the same exact strikeout percentage. So this guy is a strikeout pitcher with a 102-mile-an-hour fastball. Averages, I think, at 96, but has been clocked at 102. I mean, he's got a devastating splitter inside. This was a perfect move for the New York Mets. And and we're contrasting that now. It, who The Mets might have the best starting pitching rotation in the league without Jacob deGrom. So he'll be back in late August. His team will be back in late August, right? And and I posted on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, I said, maybe I'm off base with this, but I think deGrom will be booed in August. What do you plan to do? Right now, and there's still half an hour left, 60, I'm going to round up, 60% of the voters say they're going to boo him. Hmm, that, that's what I was thinking, but a lot of people are writing cheer on Twitter. Let's see what you guys think. Clifton Park, New York, we go. By the way, at 877-337-6666, but you already knew that. Clifton Park, New York. Mike, you're up on the fan. Hey, how, how's it going? What's up, Mike? Um, so I'm a huge Mets fan, and um, I, you know, I would definitely cheer if Jake comes, uh, when, when Jake comes back. And uh, that's that's because uh, uh, you know he he was a really good Met, and um, you know his body broke down the last couple of years, so that's why I'm glad he's kind of not not with us. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop with him, you know, when he was pitching. If if this was the time he was going to get hurt again, and listen, you can, you can't fault someone that uh, uh, you know he he got more money. More uh, years than, than he expected to get. He has a family, yep, and he's going to move to maybe a better place to have quality of life. You have to take that. Anyone would. So I'm going to cheer him. And the uh, I, I, the the Mets have made a lot of great great moves. I'm 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 so happy, and um, I'm curious now um, with with the offense. I I, mm-hmm. I think they have to let their uh, young rookies play. And hopefully uh, they can catch lightning in a bottle with with some some of those guys. And um, see, so, so my choice is for a bat, really. I mean, first of all, first of all, yeah. I, my next move is I pick up the phone and I call Carlos Correa and I say, "Dude, look what we're building here in New York. You are the final piece. I know you said you'd play third base to Francisco Lindor, shortstop. What do you say?" If he says no, well, then I go either J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner. Probably I pick up the phone for Turner first. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think Otani would be available at the trade deadline? Would Could would be. the Angels know know by that point that that they that they can't keep him and they have to get something for him? Could be. And with you know, and so um, you know, I wonder if that's going to be the next move. I'm trying to find out the actual date. Here it is. Well, I don't know because last year the Angels with, it says, with their loss to the Seattle Mariners on September 19th, the Los Angeles Angels were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Officially eliminated. Mathematically eliminated. So 
maybe by trade deadline they would have a really good idea. My guess is that they're going to be out of it again. Um, and yeah. maybe he does come available about the trade deadline because if you're the if you're the Angels, I mean, you exactly. want something for him, right? So you maybe exactly. you do want to move exactly. him at the deadline. Right, so maybe this is also setting up for the Mets to make that move then. Maybe. But but I'm trying to think of what, off the top of my head, what, what assets the Mets would would move for him. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a boatload. Yeah, but, I mean, they already have uh, those three prospects ready to play, and they, um, you know, they drafted a, 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 a couple more high, high picks last year in the draft, I think. Um, so you just start there and, I guess, take it from there. So um, anyway, thank you for for the time, and and uh, I like to show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And that's a thought-provoking call because I'm now looking up. Not only am I looking up, well, Shohei Otani, he's a free agent next year for sure. Absolutely. So if you're the Angels, you want to get something for him, right? He's worth a lot of money. People are already clamoring for Shohei Otani. So if I'm the GM of the Angels, I say, hey, we're probably going to punt on next season too. I mean, we are mathematically eliminated on September 19th. So instead of just letting him walk, I would want to get something for him. Okay, New York Mets, what do you have? So now I have in front of me right now on my computer the prospect rankings in 2022. Because I don't think, yeah, 2023 has not come out yet. So 2022, if I'm the I'm I'm the Angels, I'm asking for Francisco Alvarez. Yes, the number one prospect of the Mets. Number two prospect, Brett Beatty. Yes, uh, probably Kevin Parada. I don't know. He's a catcher too. He's their number three. I'm asking for Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Ramirez, their number four overall prospect for the Mets. But these guys are far away. Jet Williams, he's playing rookie ball still. I mean, these guys are far. Mauricio Vientos. I mean, I'm asking for all of them and more. And guess what? If I'm the Mets, I'm doing it. I'm making the deal. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's we're talking midsummer now, but hey, if you're GM of the Mets, we're all playing fantasy GM tonight, right? If you're GM of the Mets, you have to have a plan longer than just tomorrow or next week or the winter. But I have exactly 0% confidence in Billy Epler's ability to make a trade. Spend the money? Oh, he can do that like the best of them. Make a trade? I present to you last... Uh, I was going to say last market period. The last trade deadlines, uh, what he did. Not great. Uh, in the order that you called, Kevin and Carmel, you're up on the fan. Hey, how's it, how's it going? Oh, uh, good. How are you? So the Mets got the uh, the pitcher that you were comparing to, uh, what was it, Tanaka? Well, yes, in the sense that like people are concerned that, okay, he pitched in Japan. What happens? What happens when he goes against Major League Baseball hitters? And Tanaka did yeah, fine. Yeah, and what I was thinking is that the uh, the Yankees have a very like uh, team-friendly or hitter-friendly ballpark. So, if yeah. anything, City Field's a bigger field. So Well, they did move in the right field wall. They moved that in for a fan attraction is what they said. It was under major construction. So we'll see what what that ends up being. But yeah. And you know what? He's a great pitcher. But my, my main point was uh, yeah. uh, DeGrom. Uh, when he said, oh, the vision and all that, we all know it's for the money uh, and for family lifestyle. But I don't know what the media really wants. 
want him to say, like, hey, I took it for the money. You know he can't say that. No, I he's not like, going to say that. Be yeah. honest. Be honest. Tell us. Don't lie to us. But he had... He has to lie because if you're a Texas fan, yeah, exactly. You can't have him sit there and, you know, exactly. And and listen, if you're telling me right for for regular salaries, no state income tax. Oh, sure, it makes a deal. But if my deal is worth up to two hundred twenty-two million dollars, and I'm going to a place where there's no state income tax, and I could take all, home all of it, hell yes, yeah, sign me up. I mean, come on. That in five years when no one else is even like giving me that offer, yes. it's like, all right, you know what? I'm looking at my family. It's like, I owe it to them to take this deal. Right. New York, I love you guys. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, exactly right. You're exactly right about that. He did what was best. Someone tweeted me and said, stop the hate on Jacob DeGrom. There's no hate on Jacob DeGrom. If I was Jacob DeGrom, I would have done the same exact thing. I would have taken five years. Because I want to, I want to play as long as possible. It's your career is only a finite number of years. I would want to pitch as long as possible for the most amount of money as possible. And guess what? If that means moving to Texas, where I don't have to pay a, a luxury tax, I mean, uh, an income tax on my income. Whereas here in New York, there are UFC fighters that will not fight in New York because of the taxes that they take out. I, it's a no-brainer. I think I'm trying to remember when the when the Raiders moved from California to it's it's called Nevada. I have friends that live there. It's Nevada. I say Nevada, but when he moved from California to Nevada, Las Vegas, on on his same deal, he was taking home. I think it was. I think the number was ten million dollars more on his same deal because Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas doesn't have you know a state income tax tax. I mean that's serious money. That's real money. So, no, you can't blame Jacob DeGrom. But I'm just trying to take the barometer of, of, of Mets fans. I'm going to check in again on the, on the poll. It's, it's gone up to 64% of Mets fans are going to boo him in August. To Barnegat, New Jersey, down the shore. Brian, you're up on the fan. Hey, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Good. Yeah, you know, you guys are talking about trading for Otani. But the, this is not what the Mets are doing. They want to build a, an organization sim, similar to what Atlanta has done. They're not going to trade their prospects for somebody like that. Somebody I mean, all like these that, people that he's signing. Like that. He's the bat that the, he's the missing piece bat that they need, and he's an insurance in the in the starting pitching rotation for what could be a geriatric long season for for the Mets' top two starters. Well, they have they have uh, McGill, who I was impressed with last year. I say send him to the bullpen. He's a great bullpen yeah. arm. But the, you know what? This is not what Steve Cohen's plan is. He's not going to trade his prospects to bring in older players. All the people he's signing is only costing him money, and that's what he's going to do. Well, you know. And as far as Degrom goes, but I mean, then, but then you, you know what? Then? For- but Brian, if you're going to go that route, which is fine. I'm going to tell you that Shohei Otani is not going to be available for just money next offseason. He's going to be traded. I mean, would he, you do he may that be traded, but, but but that doesn't mean he's going to sign with the team he's traded to either. I mean, there's well, a lot of uh, well, yeah, a lot of variables here. You know, I'm sure that if someone gives up a, a boatload for him, they're going to want to make sure they can sign him. Right. But you know what? Right. The, the Mets may not need him. I mean, he's a he's a tremendous talent. There's no doubt about that. But I don't. You know. I've seen this too many times in baseball where you, you trade away your prospects. Now, you know, it's always a gamble with prospects. But I think they're going to give these guys a shot this year. I think Beatty's going to be their, their third baseman. And Alvarez may be, a, you know, the DH and a part-time catcher. 
So, you know, but that's what, what, I, what I'm, the way I read Cohen, that's what he's doing. Well, and I think that's a really good read on him, Brian. I do. But I, I don't think that would be the right strategy for that particular, that particular player. Otani is what we're talking about here. 877-337-6666. We have to take a quick break. Then we've got a Kevin Dexter update. And I'll be right back with you. My name is Daniel McCartan. With you till 2 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Can I get a what, what? (laughs) My name is Daniel McCartan. With you on this beautiful night, if you're a New York Mets fan, I've tweeted to Evan Roberts. I've tweeted to Steve Cohen. Neither of them have checked in with us. Uh, But Andy Martino has, and he said that it is uh, a quote. He said, I'll just say it's not just Jacob DeGrom going to Texas that led to this spending spree. It's a text message, by the way. Cohen and Epler saw what the rest of the league was doing over the past week, including the Phillies, and determined that they had to do this to keep up. How exciting is NLE's baseball going to be next season? I mean, you would you would venture to guess that the New York Mets are in the best division in baseball and that maybe, potentially, we'll see what happens the rest of this offseason. But if you ask me right now, the, the, the NL contender for a World Series is coming out of the NL East. Might be the Mets. And real quick, I, I wanted to just mention this real quick, and we'll get to your calls at 877-337-6666. We've got, um, what's your reaction to Jacob DeGrom? The poll is still up. It's almost over on Twitter, at Coach MCCARTAN. How are you going to welcome DeGrom back to New York now that you have probably the best rotation in baseball? We could talk about the Yankees and, and what their next move might be. And and it's we've got an hour left, and I still haven't, we haven't talked to any football yet. Jets and Giants have two huge games tomorrow. Jets at Bills, Eagles at Giants. Man, oh man, lots to do. Tuesday night, also, you might have seen on my social media accounts, I just shouted them out, Instagram too, facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, but I went to my first Devils game of the season. And first, I would like to say a nice thank you to them for their hospitality. We had... Such a fun time. I mean, the seats were great. We got to say hey to a great friend of the show, Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico, who, by the way, I always ask. He says he rotates his rings. Tuesday night he was wearing his 2003 ring. And then the bartender recommended a beer to me because I couldn't really decide what I wanted. And it was a devil's beer. And I was like, yes. I saw the the, the can and I was like, oh, that's a cool looking can. Yeah, I'll try it. And it was a devil's beer, like for real, like Tom's River Brewing and the Devil's. They teamed up for, like, this special concoction. So, you know what? Jersey brewed in a cool-looking Devils can. I was in. This is not an ad. It was just pretty cool. And uh, if you have a Devils fan in your life, I I do think that they do sell it on their website. I think. You know, maybe for the holidays. I don't know. I don't know. Not an ad. Just in case. But in any event, I mean, it was a pretty lopsided game. I mean, they beat the Blackhawks 3-0. And there was really a lot of action from the Devils offensively. And Dougie Hamilton... Had a fantastic game. A goal, two assists. He was all over the place. Anyway, I'm 1-0 I'm in attending hockey games this season. And when I think about football, I am 3-1 so far on the season. Week one, 
Jets, Ravens was the only loss that I saw. I was at the Bills win. As for the Giants, I saw two wins with the Giants, um, the Texans and the retro game and, and, and the Bears. And I got at least one more in me. We're going to the Jets-Jaguars Thursday night football game. Hopefully I could take uh, make my record not 3-1 and one anymore, 4-1 and one on the season. I'll tell you more about that, where we'll be, who we'll be with as it gets closer. But 12-22, I'm back to MetLife. And I just love going to things, meeting people, being amongst the diehards. You can't do that on your couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's speak to the diehards. A lot of Mets fans on on hold. Let's do it. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, that's how I do it here. Um, it's right here in Manhattan. We'll start with you, Chris, in the 1 a.m. hour. Go ahead. Hey, Danielle. Great to speak with you. I got two things. You know, on the, the Grom thing, I'm not a person who generally boos. Yeah. Um, unless it's like no effort, you know, somebody, that kind of thing. But yes. I will say where I lost a lot of respect for him was the opt-out, not because he wanted to opt-out that the player's right, Mm -hmm. because he did it when he was on the DL, had him pitch four months prior, and didn't know if he was going to pitch again. To opt-out and say to the fans, I'm out of here, when you haven't even been contributing, that was bad, man. That's so bad bad character. Yeah, that's a bad look. You're right. Yeah, so that's why I think there's a little bit more, you know, anger towards the Grom, you know. And listen, on the signings, I, I do like the signings. I've liked all the pitching signings. I, I think to me what what Epler and what they're doing, and it makes sense, is that by and large, they're signing pitchers to shorter-term deals, except for the, the, the most recent, but, you know, Quintana yeah. and Berlander, because the Mets' higher-tier prospects are hitters, so they need to get a, a year or two before hopefully we can bring up, you know, a few re- replacements that are some of their prospects. So I think that's a smart tactic. You know, because I get these quality pitchers for shorter deals, and then we'll see where we are in two or three years, and then obviously that might give them some flexibility. So I do think that that's a good plan. Mm. Yeah, I I do like that too because then you got those two guys theoretically coming off the books in Verlander and Scherzer, big money dudes coming off the books, and then you you really have you know the, the you know you're back underneath the luxury tax threshold, the Cohen tax. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I do, I, especially at the age of those guys. I mean, you don't want them around for more than what they're currently signed for, right? No, and I'm I'm a big fan of. I'd rather give players way more per season and with less years. Me I, too. I, mean, I just think the yeah the risk is too crazy, especially with pitchers. Yep, me too. I agree with you on that. And 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 as I as I sit here, I, I do say that Aaron, like from a player perspective, like from a, that's from a team perspective, right? But from a player yeah. perspective, you want longest, most money possible. And and Aaron Judge, I mean, they had to do it. The Yankees had to do that. The deal that they gave him, there was no backing out of that. They yeah. had to take that. Daniel, lastly, isn't it amazing what a difference a year makes if you think about what would Sterling Marte have gotten this year as opposed to last year, yeah. right? Because it, I guess the way the whole, uh, you know, the agreements or whatever, they how they adjusted everything, it's amazing. He probably would have gotten an extra $40 million had he been a free agent this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, timing is everything, right, Chris, in life and, and everything. Timing is everything. And... um it's just really good timing for the Mets right now from 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 the team standpoint. I mean, they Jacob DeGrom left and they rebuilt the pitching starting pitching in in less than a week. I mean, that's fantastic. I do you believe that the, I mean, and here's the other thing. I, I got a tweet from uh, at no more Wilpon, so you know where he stands already or she, but 
Um, that person said, I mean, I'll boo DeGrom, but at the same time, if not for the blessing of him leaving, Nimmo and Senga might not be Mets. I'd venture to say that they would not be Mets. So who would you rather have, Nimmo and Senga or DeGrom? Easy choice. That's a, that's an easy choice. To Valley Stream and Joe, you're up on the fan, Joe. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Good, good. Love how are you? Energy. Love, listen, uh, love listening to you. Thank you. Um, uh, two things. I just wanted to tell you about DeGrom. I, I'll never boo DeGrom. It's, you know, he, he's the man, if he wants to go to somewhere else, I think it's quality of living. And uh, just about the income tax, just so you know, uh, in baseball, it doesn't really matter because you're paying uh, the income taxes wherever you are. So when you're in, uh, you know, in St. Louis, you're paying uh, tax for St. Louis for that week. If you get hurt and you're in California for three months, you're paying their tax. Wait, quick so the question. Tax Wait, really quick question then. So, so how do I say this? So, if I lived in New New Jersey, like I do, so I live in New Jersey, don't I pay mm-hmm. New Jersey tax and then wherever my, my it's like an entertainer's tax, right? So I would pay my, you know, tax for for you know Texas or no, no that's a bad example. But if I played a game yeah. in Ohio, well, I would pay Ohio tax and then I pay I get taxed in New yeah, Jersey too, don't I? Yes. But it doesn't come out to as much money as you think. Okay. It really doesn't because he's going to everywhere. It depends, like you know, you're, you know, you're on the road. So obviously he's going to save some uh, money. But the thing is, is probably was quality of life. He was here when there was COVID. He's trying to start a family mm. and everything else. Everybody was so scared in Manhattan. Everybody's moving out to Long Island. You're on top of each other. In Jersey. I understand if you're not in New York, you might want to get out of here. He gave the Mex everything that you know he needed to but uh just left the hook here judge is going to be the worst contract one of them in all of baseball history just last note love listening to you we'll be uh listening to hope you're on more often Uh, thanks i appreciate that joe and you know what that Aaron Judge deal does have the propensity to do that. I mean, you're signing that deal, you're making that deal knowing that he's not going to be the player he was last season for nine seasons. In fact, I, I would venture to guess you're getting four to five good years out of Aaron Judge. Four to five good ones. And then and then you deal with it at, after that. You, you deal with it then, what you're going to do with him. Right now, I mean, the Yankees should be all in. You can't worry about that now. You cannot worry about uh, the end of the deal now. To Hawthorne, is that New Jersey there, Dan? Hawthorne, New Jersey? No, it's Hawthorne, New York. Oh, uh, okay, York. okay. All right. There's a Hawthorne, Jersey. You know that. You know, I, I, uh, I know it very well, actually. And then, and then you deal with that. Oh, you got to turn the radio there. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you got for us tonight? Uh, no, I was calling about the um, the, the, uh, the Grom thing, you know, him leaving. Uh, as, as a diehard Matt fan my whole life, um, good riddance. Uh, thank you for pitching half my season, saving your arm for your big deal. Mm. I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. I can't lie about it. But, hey, we got Verlander on the back end here for two years. Love that deal. But um, we need a bat. We need a bat as well. Yep. Um, Pete Alonso is not clutch. Never has been, never will be. Um, I do like him in the home run derby, though. That's all nice and good. But, uh, no, we need a bat. As far as Judge goes, I'll make it quick. Yeah. Uh, they had to sign him, but they're the same team. I wish them luck. I mean, yeah. I mean, wish them luck is great. I mean, listen, he's going to be good for the first uh, half of that deal. I mean, beyond that, probably not. But the Yankees had to do it. They had to. 
And he's their literally he's their best hitter. Like, right? I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if he's not the best, he's among the best in terms of batting average and getting on base. And the prop that what drives me nuts, and we talked about it before, is why is he hitting leadoff? I know I just said he's their best hitter, but he's also their biggest run producer, potentially. Get him out of the one spot. If if he starts next season, opening day, number one batter, leadoff batter for the New York Yankees is Aaron Judge. I I might, I I might, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. That can't be. The Yankees are taking scoring chances right out of their own hands by batting him first. I want to see a guy like, you know, Benintendi, I'd love to see Benintendi back. Benintendi won, or LeMahieu won, Benintendi two, Judge three. That, to me, is an ideal lineup. Or even, even you want to get real crazy? Judge four, you put Rizzo three. That's what I would love. But hey, I'm not manager of the Yankees. I'm not a computer geek in, in the... Uh, in in the in the shadows over there in the Bronx. Um, hey, we got a, a Nets call here. We should take the Nets call, right? Let's do it. The Nets had a big win tonight, and and, and the replays on Yes Network in, in studio right now. Uh, it's the fourth quarter with six second six point four seconds left. I wonder how this game ends, Alex in Brooklyn. Tell me. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks so much for taking my call, there. Thanks for making it. Um, what do you think about the Mets team? They finally got hot. You think they got it together? I mean, tonight's win, a bunch of bench players. They pull it out against the Pacers. I know it's only the Pacers, but listen, they won seven of the last eight, mm-hmm. ten of the last 13. Do you think the Mets are finally starting to shrink these together? You know what, Alex? I think so, yes. And I'm, I'm, tr- I'm thinking that, A, they're, they're, tr- they're gelling together, which with the in and out of Kyrie Irving over the past X amount of months – has has been really detrimental to this team more than I think anybody's willing to admit, um, but he's been consistently there so far this season. And I would and I would venture to guess that they are starting to see the the value in crashing the boards, especially offensively. I mean, when they've uh, in the past two games they've out rebounded their opponent, and guess what? They've won. And don't say I know it's the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers are are are, are right. What was it above them or below them as the game you know went on. In the NBA standings, I mean, it's just they're they're an equally matched team. You know, so I'm looking. The Nets are fourth in the Eastern Conference now. After tonight's game, the Pacers are uh, are sixth. So it's an even. It's not like they're the worst team in the league. It's not, they're not the Pistons. So it was a good win. It was a gritty win, and it's these guys that that are waiting their turn, and they're given the opportunity, and they're running with it. So maybe they have turned a corner. Maybe. Just maybe. Lynchburg, Virginia. Chris, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Uh, first time, long time. How's it going? Oh, good, good. I love hearing that. Thank you. Yeah, no. Um, no, so um, keep it short and simple. Like I said, um, I'm very happy the Mets made this signing. Like yes. the, I think it was clear and crystal they had to upgrade the uh, rotation. Unlike other Mets fans who called uh, called you all before me, um, I'm personally not going to boo DeGrom. Like I said, I'm grateful Like for the uh, times I've seen him pitch in person on TV. He, he, for the most part, did well. Like I said, I was happy to see him pitch in that wild card game in October. I was lucky enough to see him pitch a good enough start and see the Mets win that one game. Um, but like your other caller said, I, did, I do think, though, even though the rotation looks great, they do need another bat. And like I've seen on Mets Twitter, if there's, just, if there's somehow some way they can get rid of McCann and find a way to upgrade the catch position, Besides Alvarez, that would be huge. 
And I think mm-hmm. uh, you, can't, you couldn't go wrong with, uh, like I said, as a kid who used to play baseball, you can never run out of pitching, so maybe another arm in the pen would be great. Sure, but Adovino. I think they're, I think they're yeah, like I said, Adovino, that's the guy I would love for them to bring back. But they're in a good position to, be, to, to go, at, go at it with Atlanta and Philly. And what's, what, in my opinion, I think is going to be a bloodbath of an NL East yet again. So I just want to see what you think about that. Yeah, uh, Chris, I think the NL East is going to be the most grueling division in the, in the, uh, in the league uh, next season. As, as of right now. And and look, the Mets are making moves. Phillies are going to be making more moves. Braves are going to be... I mean, it's it's going to... They're going, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. And that's essentially what Andy Martino told me, that, that Cohen made this move with Epler kind of to... And I'm, these are my words now. Keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with the Phillies. And, and as far as a bat, uh, two names. J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner. Make it happen. I don't know. Should we switch to football? I don't know. I, I think we can do one more segment on baseball, and then we could do. Uh, I got to get my Jets and Giants picks in, right? It's football Sunday. It's one eighteen in the morning. I wish we had more time tonight. My name is Daniel McCartan. I'm with you till two here on the Fan. We need your second opinion. Call the Fan at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Powered by SuperBook Sports. Visit SuperBook.com. In New York City, uh, I came on the air. You know, the, you know those movies. How did we get to this point? How did we get to this point at 1:24 in the morning? Well, I came on the air after a thrilling Brooklyn Nets win in Indiana with with the seven of their top scorers on the bench. The Nets pulled it off. Um, we, we then talked to a live call in from Tim Healy from Newsday. And one of the questions I asked him was on a scale of 1 to 10, and I told him, I said, it should be a 10. How in are the Mets on Kodai Senga? He tells me, 10. 10 minutes later, news breaks that Kodai Senga signed with the New York Mets. It was a fantastic move by the Mets. I I mean, I studied 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I would consider top of the rotation kind of starting pitchers. I'll, I'll name them because I didn't do it before. Rodon, Verlander, Ovaldi, Tyone, Senga, Haney, Walker, Quintana, Stripling, and Bassett. Lo and behold, the Mets, out of those 10, signed three of them. <laughs> the Mets signed three of them. The Mets have the best starting pitching rotation. On paper, on paper that is, in all of baseball. Don't at me. I'm just kidding. It's the truth. And all that they need is a is a bat and Adam Ottavino back. Ottavino, Robertson, Diaz. That's the bridge that everybody's looking for. Ottavino, Robertson, Diaz. The game's over in the, uh, what would that be? In the, after the fifth inning, game's over. Scherzer hands it off and, and it starts it like that. Boom. Oh, it, it's just it, if if you're if you're a Met fan, you are you, you're you are giddy right now. You're a giddy. You're excited, and you have every reason to be eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. And of course, all of that comes on the news that that this the last time I talked to you, these two teams look completely different. Well, man, the Yankees not so much, but the Mets look completely different than last Saturday night when I talked to you. And Jacob Degrom's out. And these new, and the Yankee and the Mets rebuilt their rotation in less than a week. That's insane to me. 
with three of the best starting pitchers in the of free agent starting pitchers in the league. It's insane to me. And then, oh yeah, and I have to go back to. Oh wait, one thing I wanted to update you from Jeff Passan. Um, he said the 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 CBT payroll for the Mets is uh three hundred and forty about three hundred forty five million dollars with the penalties that they have incurred. You know, after the Senga signing, the, the current payroll now is at four hundred and twenty one million dollars, and they're not done. They're not done. They're missing a bat. Really, they're really missing a third baseman, and they're missing uh, more arms in the bullpen. I mean, talk about the Mets. Can we talk about the Mets buying a championship? How many years do we talk? We hear Mets fans calling in that the Yankees buy championships. Well, guess what? It's the Mets' turn now. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Ray in Brooklyn, you're up next here on the Fan. Go. Hey, Danielle, long-time listener. I called you a couple times as well. Um, Thank you. Hey, listen, uh, with those stats that you just gave, $421 million, I think it's pretty safe to say the Mets don't win the World Series. It's pretty much a, not a disappointment, an embarrassment. This year was a disappointment yeah. when they had three games at home and, and only won one yep. in, in, the, in the wild card. But as far as the DeGrom, I totally agree with you. Um, this, this is a guy who had the unmitigated uh, goal and audacity uh, to uh, – you know, when he sustained season-ending injuries and lengthy injuries in the postgame those very same days, he was asked the questions by the media. Hey, Jacob, does this mean that you're going to opt in? And he would defiantly say, no, I'm still going to opt out. Nobody is more disloyal than this guy. Mm. And Mets fans should boo him. And um, now that they have this great team, who cares about him? So, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll listen to your take on that. But I got a quick one on Judge as well. Sure. All right, so so about Judge, um, you know, it's crazy because it was the reverse with the Yankee fans. Yankee fans were already, you know, percentage of them turned against him because of what Brian Cashman did. It was by design. He got his result. That's why Judge was so upset at the Yankees and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's almost like sacrilegious, you know, to, to boot this guy. He's been nothing but a class act. You know, he's been nothing but a great uh, face for baseball and a team on and off the field. Yep. I just don't get it how, you know, a lot of Mets fans – Still love the Grom, but Judge, who's the total opposite of the Grom, great character, great loyalty, uh, faithful to to the team and the fans, gets the the opposite. I don't get it. Can you explain that to me? You mean like in terms of like the booing and everything? That all yeah, that? like he's got so many more Yankee fans that were that are anti Judge than is the case with the Grom. It feels like. Yeah, uh, I think I think with Judge, I, I think it was more frustration with the team rather than him, the player. If I if I had to pinpoint it, I mean, you look at this Yankees team; they they were completely the bats went completely silent in the postseason. I mean, these fans went from chanting MVP to booing him. I, I think he was just the lightning rod for the entire lineup that wasn't hitting, except for yeah. Bader and and Rizzo in the postseason. And unfortunately for him, I, I just. Was it misguided? I do think so. Um, but oh, one more, one more quickie, yeah. uh, Danielle. Yeah, Brian Kenny astutely pointed out on MLB Network 
He said not only has Judge did he have the greatest walk year ever, but when you combine the last two seasons of any walk years in the history of baseball, mm-hmm. only Barry Bonds compares, yeah. and Judge compares very favorably. Like, uh, I think Bonds uh, has a slightly higher war. It's not by much. Judge has a 180-plus OPS. Bonds, 181. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. So for Yankee fans to say, oh, this guy never stays healthy, correction, he's been more healthy than Mike Trout the last six years, yeah. and the last two years he's been healthy and it wasn't just one year that he got this contract on. He earned it. He, I listen, appreciate it. Th- right. Thanks for the call. This was the, I said it in the open. This is the biggest bet on yourself moment that you and I will ever see in sports. Ever. And good for him. He deserves it. He d- he went out there and he freaking did it, man. He's like, okay, let me go break the home, the AL home run record in my walk year. I mean, who does that? He earned it. He deserves it. Paul and Patchogue, you're up on the fan. Hey, what's going on, Danielle? What's going on, Paul? What's up? Hey, so what do you? I'm thinking this is starting to look like the '92 Mets to me. You bring all these older free agents in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about that. I mean, we you know we see the Eddie Murrays of the Mets and the Mo Vons of the Mets, and they didn't have much at the end of their career. Yeah, I mean, listen, that that's the biggest concern for me for Verlander and, and for Scherzer, both of them, really. Um, but I think having Senga in there and, and having the versatility of, of Tyler McGill, I know it's not going to win you a World Series probably, but there are they, they are able to back those guys up, right? And you're not looking for, especially if you shore up the bullpen, you take a page out of the Yankees book, you know, you shore up that bullpen, you don't force them to pitch seven inning outings, even if it's eight innings out. Like, they don't have to pitch deep into games if you have a good bullpen, right, or a good bridge to get to Diaz. So, uh, yes, it's a very big concern. Yes, I'm not downplaying it. But if you manipulate the, the, the roster, you know, good enough, you can get around it. And and not, not for nothing, that's just the offseason signings. Maybe they're done, maybe they're not done, but there's also the trade deadline, too, if you run into a problem midway through the season or earlier. But just being the age that they are, yep. especially with Scherzer and Verlander, yep. this is like, a, this is like a, you have to win this year. I oh, mean, yes. these guys don't have much left to even go two or three more years. Oh, no. Listen. I don't think. They, they've got, no, they're out after, what, two, two more years to both of them? No, this is it. You're, you're paying $421 million to field the team, and you're not done yet. This is the best attempt at trying to buy a championship this year for the New York Mets. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for making the call. Uh, absolutely. Mets are going for a championship. They're winning. The, they're trying to win the World Series this year and next year. And then they're going to retool. You heard Tim Healy say it, that they're hoping by then their farm system will have repopulated and repercolated. Hopefully. But I'm telling you, if Shohei Otani comes available, I'm clearing it out for him and a long-term deal. Clearing it out. Raul, Monroe, New York, you're up on the fan. Hello, first time, long time. Oh, thank you. Uh, just wanted to talk about the that bat that you were talking about that the Mets might need. I know he's a veteran. I mean, they just finished talking about how old Verlander and Scherzer are. Mm-hmm. Do you think like a Nelson Cruz would help out? Okay. Or he's Good question, Raul. I, I looked at I, I looked at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys, and and, Nel- and Nelson Cruz was one of those guys. I would say based on his all the stats that I looked at and all the numbers and everything, he is it's a it's a hard no for me on Nelson Cruz. Not because even, of his age, even, but because of his even production. If you don't think, 
you don't you don't think price wise? I mean, he's not going to cost that much. I wouldn't think for for one year maybe. Uh, his market value is ten point three for one year. You can get uh, you can get Justin Turner eight point six for two. I would do that. He's much he's a much better player. I know he's just as old. I mean, he's old too. But uh, based on the production of Justin Turner, um, I mean, I'm sorry, Nelson Cruz from from twenty twenty two. To me, I see a player in, in in steep decline. He only hit ten home runs. You're looking for power. You're looking for a bat. This guy brought ten home runs. His OPS plus was was below league average. I mean, I'll, there's a lot not to like about Nelson Cruz, and, uh, and, and for me, and Turner could I've, help. I've, I've colored Nelson Cruz in, Cruz in red. What was that? And Tur- Turner could help at third base uh, yes. if if something happens with Escobar or Bailey exactly. not ready. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yep. Oh, cool, cool. Thank you. All right, have a good one. Yeah, and a good good suggestion. Good, good try to you know drink outside the box. I also thought of Luke Voigt too, and I was like, hey, le- hey, what about Luke Voigt? What's he up to? He he has not yet brought his strikeout rate down whatsoever at all. Hard pass on Luke Voigt, too. That means he's not trying to learn. He's just doing the same old. I'm not into that. You're not trying to get better. And, and I was like, all right, if Yuli Gurriel comes available, right? What about Yuli Gurriel? Now that Abreu's an Astro, you know, is it a sneaky good move for the Mets? No. Guriel is not the power hitter of the Mets are seeing. So, so hard nose for me are Guriel, Cruz, and Voigt. McCutcheon's a maybe. I colored him yellow. I'm a colored person. If you haven't, I'm visual. If you haven't noticed, McCutcheon's a maybe. Josh Bell, who is signed to Cleveland, but JD Martinez and Justin Turner, I've colored them both green. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, you're up on the fan. First of all, Coach, how's everything? I'm good. How are you? All right. Now I'll tell you what. I don't mind admitting I'm wrong when it comes to Aaron Judge. I didn't think they were going to get him back. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I I almost drove off the road when my friend texted me about that John Heyman tweet. Really, I literally almost drove off the road. Yep, yep. I believed it too. That's why. And and you know what? Because usually that guy is so accurate. I know. I know. I'm like, oh my god. I know. But the thing is, what you brought up too before is bringing back Ben and Tandy would be so important. Yes. Because, I mean, Coach, you're right. The idea of him batting first or second is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to have him in the middle of the lineup where he's more chances of driving runs. Yep, exactly. And, and the thing is, you know, anybody who wants to criticize stuff about this guy, obviously he bet on himself. But if he didn't have the kind of year he had, the X don't even make the playoffs. Absolutely. He was the difference of them going home and making the play in the postseason. You're absolutely right. You know, what he did was absolutely amazing. Yes. And plus the fact, just the idea how his total conduct with every does everything right. You know? Yes. And as a Yankee fan, I'm happy for my Met fan friends. Because, you know what? After all the nonsense they had to deal with over the years with Will Pond, they got an owner who cares, you know? Yep. And it's it's good for the game. It is. Okay. If you, but if you're an, uh, an owner of an opposing team, it's not so good because now you have to contend with that. Yep. Right? Hopefully, maybe, maybe Hal will kind of wake up and see that this guy's not kidding around. Maybe. Maybe okay. this is the awakening of Hal Steinbrenner. We'll we'll see this week. Clearly. And now my thing with the Jets going up to Buffalo now. This game just shows 
how important it was for the Jets to have won one of those two Patriot games. Because, you know, Coach, if they had just beat New England once, yes. going up to Buffalo, it would be like they're playing with house money. Yep. I know. I know. You know? And, and Zach Wilson in, in that second Patriots game was just flat-out awful. Awful. And how about John Heyman? Good point. I, we didn't talk about John Heyman yet tonight. Good point there, Sparky. What what a week. I mean, I was driving to the Devils game in that pouring rain that night. Dangerous stop-and-go highway traffic where you think you're in the clear, and then all of a sudden, boom, jam on the brakes. You're not. Yeah, so I was like two, 10 and 2 on the wheel, not taking my eyes off, and, and blissfully unaware of anything that was going on until I was sitting at this excruciatingly long red light when I got off the highway. Casually looked at my phone. I saw five texts from my one friend, the one I'm going to the jet game with, actually. And I was actually kind of concerned because she never has sent me five texts in a row. And, and the, one of the last ones was, did you see the Heyman thing with Judge? And I was like, no. What? I texted her back, what? And she said, he posted that Judge is leaving to go to the Giants. I literally, and now I'm driving like over like a, a bridge <laughs> over Route, uh, whatever that, Route 20 or 21, that water over there. I was picking up my friend. But... I almost drove off the bridge, and she was like, and then he, he texted me back. She goes, and then he said he jumped the gun. Whew, I was back on the road. Like, what the hell? I mean, maybe John Heyman's the hero after all, though. With that single tweet, he might have pushed the Yankees to go above and beyond the Giants' offer. Who knows? Maybe he awakened Hal Steinbrenner. Who knows? All right, we got to jam in some baseball calls here, some football. I got to make my picks. The Giants, Jets, Big games later today in less than 12 hours. My name is Daniel McCartan. I'm with you till 2 until Emmanuel Barbari comes your way. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. City. It has been a busy, busy night. Nets coming off a, a thrilling victory with uh, their their B team, basically. Uh, Mets making the best, uh, you know, signing of a, of a starting pitcher on the free agent market in Kodai Senga. And the Jets and Giants have huge, huge games uh, later today. And uh, quickly, quickly, I'm going to make my picks and get to your calls. And we got to be out of here by 57. Okay, so Giants have a tall task. Best team in the NFL will be in town. And let me tell you already, I already have three friends that I know of that are dumping their Giants tickets for that game. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of green jerseys in the stands. Obviously, the Eagles are loaded. Uh, The one thing I will say is, is how can the Giants win this game? The defense of the Eagles is susceptible to a running quarterback. Okay, look at Tannehill last week. Daniel Jones said something to watch. Um... You look at the the one loss that the Eagles had against the Commanders. Excuse me. And if you're the Giants, you you have to replicate that game plan. The Commanders rushed for 152 yards. Okay, Giants need to do that. They were very efficient on third down. Giants need to do that. And the biggest thing I could tell you is that the Commanders won the time of possession. Not even close. 40 minutes they controlled the ball to the Eagles' 19 Okay, what's the best way to keep an explosive offense in check? Keep them on the sideline. Can the Giants do it? I'm not sure. Did you see the, the injury report? Dory Jackson out on the defense. Leonard Williams is probable. 
I mean, uh, doubtful. He's probably out, I would say. Is Saquon playing? Lots of question marks for the Giants. Final score prediction, and I hope I'm wrong. I do. I'm going Philadelphia Eagles 28, New York Giants 14. And as far as the Jets, round two, Buffalo Bills round two, I was lucky enough to be there as a guest of JetNation.com, of Greg Buttle, to the best football game that I was ever at at MetLife Stadium that day, hands down. The only one I would say would be equal to that is when I, me and my dad went to the Giants-Bucks playoff game in Tampa during the Super Bowl run. That was pretty cool, too. Um Last time the Jets held Josh Allen to uh, two interceptions, a 46.8 rating. That, that, by the way, that rating for Josh Allen in that game at MetLife Stadium was worse than any game Zach Wilson has ever had in his career. So, they, I mean, they need to do it again. I mean, uh, DJ Rees on, on Stephon Diggs to start, followed by Sauce Gardner. You know, he, he that's that's what happened. The first time around they had Sauce Gardner on, on, on Diggs the first half. And he was he was having a having a day, and then as they say, and then they switched. They put Reed on him at halftime, and he didn't have a single catch after halftime. So expect DJ Reed on on him to you know to, uh, from the jump. But the Bills are going to be motivated. They're going to be home. This has playoff implications for them, I, I believe. I mean, right to stranglehold for the Jets too. But I mean, this is a place that the Bills have not been since that overtime loss to Minnesota on the on November thirteenth. That's like a month ago. Month without a home game from Bills Mafia. Bills fans will be ready to. Bills players are going to be ready to avenge that loss at MetLife to the Jets. High motivation there. And of course, you've got the Jets out to prove that it wasn't a fluke. Uh, unfortunately, though, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm picking the hometown Bills this week. Uh, I'm going to say Buffalo Bills, let's say 24, New York Jets 17. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's going to be a rough Sunday. Hey, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I love being wrong in those situations. All right, let's uh, get to these remaining calls at 877-337-6666. I wish one of these nights, this is the night I was wish I was on longer. But you're going to be in good hands with Emmanuel coming up next. Ryan in Teaneck, New Jersey. Ryan, you're up on the fan. What's going on, Dana? How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good. I know you're making a move, so I'll go quick. First off, the first thing you did wrong was listening to John Heyman. You can't trust a man that doesn't watch football. Oh no, I, w- I wasn't even. I wasn't even <laughs> seeing it. My friend texted. I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "No." Watch football, so you can't trust him, even though he is good at what he does. Um, but ever since he's gone to the post, it's kind of lost it. But let me get to my two points. Since you asked some callers, I know you want to get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the Sunga signing? Where do you think that leaves our rotation now? Best and my in other the thing is, I heard your little uh, monologue on the Jets there. I'm usually a pretty pessimistic Jets fan, but I think we're going to win tomorrow because we won with Zach Wilson the first game. And yeah. that's all I really have to say about that. We won with Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, we that's, won a, with Zach Wilson. that's an optimistic way to look at it. That's for sure. Yeah, you won with Zach Wilson. Mike White is theoretically, in theory, better than Zach Wilson. Therefore, the Jets He's should win again. He's definitely better. Yeah. He's definitely better. We know that. That's clear, right? Do we agree on that? We do, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely clear. But no, I just wanted to check in with you on that. So what do you think about the Senga thing? Yo, I'll hang up and let you finish, but thank you for letting me on. You're doing great. Have a great rest of the night. I'm going to hang up now and let you rock. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Keeping it short and sweet and to the point. Kodai Senga, the addition of him to the Mets rotation, which is now what? Verlander, Scherzer, or Scherzer, Verlander. That's the beauty of that. You could do Senga third, Quintana fourth, Carrasco fifth. That might be the final piece of the best rotation in all of baseball. It was 
the signing, the one pitcher, free agent starting pitcher that I highlighted in green, which means that's a good thing. The rest of them, keep them. The Mets did a fantastic move tonight, which broke on the show tonight. Uh, great move by the New York Mets. And, and and with the expectation that there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period to go from Japanese baseball to Major League Baseball. Understood. Tanaka did it. It could be done, especially here in New York. Dan and Belmar, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Doing great. Great show tonight with uh, Tim Healy and then Senga. Thank you. Almost like it was scripted. It worked out. I for know. You. you know the best laid plans. I I have the plans. You know I'm a teacher. I have lesson plans. Had them all laid out tonight. Clumped them up, threw them right out the window. It was perfect. Yeah, that was awesome. But uh, anyway, real quick, I know yeah. there's other callers. Um, I'm just thinking, what's stopping the Mets and Cohen now that he's over the luxury tax and spending Nothing. all this money now? Nothing. Why doesn't he just go after Correa? Yep. Sign him to a short term deal, high AAV like Verlander and Scherzer, maybe a one or two year deal. Throw money at them, and then they could package guys like Escobar, McCann, mm-hmm. Peterson, or McGill, and fill the catching need that they have. Yeah. I'll uh, hang up and listen to. Yeah, and I think that's a great plan. Um, I don't know if I'm Correa, I would sign for a short-term deal, no matter what that AAV is going to be. I'm looking for a long-term deal. I mean, it's I, like I said before, careers are short and finite. You know, so I'm looking for a long-term deal if I'm him, but. Um, Nothing stopping him. He's already blown past the the high, Tim Healy told you before. He's blown past the highest luxury tax threshold, which has been nicknamed the Cohen tax. He's 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 beyond it. There's nothing holding him back from signing Correa. And I would that was the that I told you before. That's the first phone call I would make right now after saying after I hang up with Japan. I'd call up Carlos Correa and I would say, Hey, dude, you said you would play third base only to to Lindor's shortstop. Here's an offer. You want to come? You want to play for the Mets? You want to win a World Series with the Mets? Absolutely, that would be my first phone call. There's nothing stopping that. Nothing. Except for money. Steve Cohen's got a lot of it. Ryan in West Orange. You're up on the fan. Hey, Ryan in West yeah, Orange. Going? What's up? Uh, so, first of all, Giants going to win tomorrow, 24-13. to 13. I I'll hope put so. Put that out there. I hope so. Well, uh, main question is about the Nets. Uh, obviously, they're not a championship team right now. They didn't make a trade. What do you think about uh, maybe moving Joe Harris for Miles Turner? You think that'll put him over the edge? I'll just hang up and listen uh, to what, he, what are your thoughts on if uh, whatever trade they need to make. I, I think any trade. And thanks, Ryan, for the call. I'll hang up so you can hear the answer. I think any trade that the, that the the Nets end up making needs to be for some height. I mean, they have been out rebounded. Um, their starters have been out rebounding pretty much all season long. They're, they, you know, Kevin Durant mentioned it. He said he said they're lacking height, so they need a true center. That's kind of where I would start if I were the Nets. I would not be moving Joe Harris. I, I that that, nah, I wouldn't be doing that. Because then you're screwing with the core, you know, and 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So no, no, I wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't be moving him at all. No, but uh, I think the Nets need to get better in the height department. And the rebounding department, and I know tonight they 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 the Nets rebounded more offensive rebounds that, since 1998. I was in fourth grade in 1998. Okay, but they had hungry guys that are willing to do it, willing to get dirty, willing to crash the boards. Once their starters get that message, Nets are going to be okay. But they should add some height for sure. Uh, to Hoboken we go. Sam, you're up on the fan. 
Hey, Danielle, first time, long time. Uh, big fan. You're truly crushing it out there. Thank you. Sorry for another thing, a question. I know we've kind of been harping no, on no, it. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's the breaking but, news of the night. Come on. Yeah, I mean, but so, you know, I'm trying to, you know, look at the other co- side of the coin here and, you know, see what, you know, might be troubling him a little bit. And, you know, word on the street is that he only has two pitches, a fastball and a, you know, like a spitball or a split finger type. So, you know, any concerns on that? And, you know, I really, I really hope he pans out, but, you know, I'm just trying to see like cover all our bases here yeah no pun intended there right oh yeah <laughs> um listen I, I and do you want me to hang up so you can hear the answer or do you, you want to well i would love to have one more follow-up yeah, question sure, sure. This, that's related to football but yeah yeah that's fine so um listen i i don't know i, I he's got uh fastball that's 95 to 96 tops out at 100 he's got a forkball he's got a cutter he's got a slider how effective they are you know, you don't know, but he did say he's got a commitment to to um, learning and, and, and a commitment to analytics. So I think once he gets here, he's only going to be molded better. Uh, you know, here's how you can get more break on your slider, use it more often, things like that. He's committed to it. I think the Mets can do it for him. And and, and initially, maybe you could you could be concerned, but long term, I don't think that would be a concern. No. Yeah, no, I'm really really hoping for that too. And so, quick quick football question. Sure. I mean. You mentioned before that the Eagles were susceptible to running quarterbacks, yes. but you know they, Brian Tannehill really didn't run against them last week, and they kind of shut down that offense. Now that they have Jordan Davis and Dominican Sue, Limbaugh yeah. Joseph, you know, all on that front line, and also Nicobe Dean played a fantastic game at linebacker when he was in their reserve and really has the speed to shut down Daniel Jones. Yeah. So how is the Giants team going to move the ball at all against this fantastic defense? Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll hang up here to okay. start to hang up to listen to this answer. I'm not really sure how it um, works. Yeah, yeah, because then there's like a little bit of a delay, and I only have about 55 seconds left. So I'll hang up on here. here. Thanks for the call here, Sam. Um, I, I would say that Ryan Tannehill ran for 34 yards on three carries. That's kind of like a lot. I mean, the Eagles' defense on the season allows 6.1 yards per carry for two opposing quarterbacks. I mean, that's kind of right in the Giants' wheelhouse, you know? And I know Tannehill, it's not a big sample size, but 6.1 to an opposing quarterback over the whole course of the season, that is a big sample size. So as much as I hate to see it, Daniel Jones is, is going to have to have a day on the ground. And we could talk about wide receivers another time and who he's got in, in, in front of him, uh, you know, catching his passes, but... Uh, Oh, I forgot the second part of that question. Um, oh, so the Eagles' defense is just so stacked that that's how you have to attack them. And, oh, yeah, how are the Giants going to win? They have to win in the time of possession battle. They can't control the ball. They can't get, you know, they get uh, three and outs on, on third down. And offensively, they are not. They have no chance to win this game. Anyway, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done that without you. This is one of the nights I wish I could talk to you longer, but you're in good hands with Emmanuel Barbari up next. If you missed any portion of the show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. It was about 10 p.m. start time. Great job to Paul Rosenberg, to Sus behind the glass, Kevin Dexter on the updates, who is here to my left right now. I will see you next time. In the meantime, at Coach McCartan on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and on Instagram, Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. We'll keep that conversation going. As I said, Emmanuel Barbari is here, ready, willing to take your calls. He's up next right here on WFAN. Sports Radio 101.9 FM, WFAN.